Perfect. I am good to go. I've got my Batman in hand. Nice. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 114 of Not A Robot Podcast's DC Comics Review Show. Uh, this week, as usual, I am joined uh, by my favorite co-hosts and only co-hosts, uh, Rob. DC, DC, party time, excellent. Whoa, I didn't know we had a new theme song. That's awesome. <laughs> kind of borrowed it from this uh, uh, cable access show I saw years ago. Ah, well, I'm sure they won't mind. They won't sue. No. no. <laughs> Unless they they're hardcore mind. DC fans. Uh, and Josh. Do you want ants, Lana? Because that is how you get ants. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I see we, we brought our A-game with the intros today, so that's, uh, that's good. It needs to be a good episode. <clears throat> All right. Well, this week we will be covering the latest books from DC, and we hope you enjoy it. Make sure you stick around until the end of this episode to hear our top three books for the week, the biggest stinker, and to find out which titles may just make the dump list. If you would like to support us further, please visit buymeacoffee.com forward slash podcast for either a one-time donation or subscription for access to our Discord as well as other exclusive content available on the network. But with that out of the way, let's get into some news Guys, what's new this week? Oh, there's been a uh, little bit. What, what do you got? Fill about? us in. Not a whole lot. I finished reading volume one of the Starfire run from Hell. I can't even remember when it is. Is that the one from like 2015? The yeah. um, Amanda Connor one, I think? Yeah. Or it might be Jimmy Palmiotti. Yeah. I mean, it kind of, both of them with yeah. uh, Emanuela Lupitino yes, this is getting yes, starts yes. out I just wrapped up reading that one and I'm about to get into the whole compendium of Batman No Man's Land but oh my, my news is Jesus. limited to that yeah oh, here hold on I'll, I'll talk to you in like two months <laughs> <laughs> oh, that book is an odyssey look at it can you see it let me see it oh yeah Oh my God, Jesus! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I remember when I, when I got my copy because I'd ordered it Jeez. in the mail. It was literally I picked it up and I was like, "Damn, it's kind of heavy. It looks like a paperweight." Um, yeah. It's just like, oh my God, it's gonna be long. Um, oh, this so. uh, this will be this will be my third revisit to. Uh, oh wow, going all the way through it since it came out. <laughs> Yeah, man. I read it. Best I read of, it uh, as it came out when it first came out. Uh, yeah, best of luck to you, Huntress yeah. and and Cass. Uh, there's awesome storylines. Awesome yeah, story. yeah. Uh, well, as for me, I mean, I uh, 
I don't think I have anything too exciting. Um, I'm still working through the, the Jim Starlin, Captain Marvel stuff. I kind of took a break just because I got kind of busy with school. Um, and then also I, I wanted to uh, start reading uh, another book because um, I had action comics in the brain. So it's The Last God from Philip Kennedy Johnson and Ricardo Federici. I've only read the first two issues so far, but it's really good. Um so I might I might have to hit pause in the Captain Marvel stuff and finish the Last God first. Fair enough. Right on. And uh, I uh, I wanted to um, I wanted to just interject here before I let Rob take over, and say congratulations for him and his little bit of news. Yeah. Well, thank thank you very much. Uh, yeah, listeners, last week may have heard I was getting married. And it happened. Yeah, actually went through with it. Yeah, yeah. We have could not run because it was in the middle of nowhere and there was nowhere to go. There we go. Also, I do love my wife. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. That was a lot of fun. It was a oh, it was a damn good party. I really wish you guys could have been there, but we will have videos to show you. Yes. Uh, the, Hopefully the, soon. The, pic, the, the video and pictures that I have seen so far make me wish I was there. Yeah. Makes me wish I would have nerded up ours. Well, I'm I'm that so jealous awesome. for you because I I can't imagine meeting someone that would have let me get a cake with a Green Lantern and Sailor Moon topping on it. That is it, honestly that's that like was match the made easiest in thing to negotiate. Oh, man. <laughs> it helps that she loves Sailor Moon. We went. We tried to combine our passions, and we figured we, we I love Green Lantern, she loves Sailor Moon, and the common theme is space. Yeah, they're both cosmic so, in a sense. <laughs> yeah, so we went for like a galaxy theme. Our cake, yeah. um, a, a sister of a friend of hers did the cake, and it, it was all like galaxy colored and looked like it had stars on it, space background, and various like mm-hmm. colors on it. It looks beautiful. Yeah, oh man. Uh, and... <laughs> When, I can't wait to show you guys when we get the, the video of the ceremony I had the music for the wedding party coming in was the mm-hmm. Imperial March oh so yes. cool Yes, yeah. I got a, a huge laugh I'm very happy about that <laughs> that was perfect yeah yeah that no, was a lot of fun uh, I, I definitely recommend it for everybody out there marriage is fun <laughs> yeah so far ten, ten out of ten would recommend, <laughs> so. would recommend yeah put a put a review <laughs> on yelp <laughs> yeah five stars marriage yes <laughs> yes is this one of those things that you should have to wait 30 days to review uh. <laughs> money back with receipt Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, apart don't from that, to buy that honestly, extended warranty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah need that. Definitely get that warranty. It's worth it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh, apart from that, we we took a little bit of a kind of a pseudo honeymoon with the uh, the little time and money we had left. Um, mm-hmm. Just went into the big city next door into Toronto. Nice. Uh, did a couple of cool things went to castle loma i showed you guys we went to a sci-fi bar shout out if you're listening if you work there or if you own it called um 
Oh my god. <laughs> I don't remember. Yeah. Hold please. Yeah, one place in that in, in that yeah, town. Yeah, that thing. It's on it's on Church Street. Y'all Holy did that thing. Stormcrow Manor. With my that god. Stuff. If oh. you do work there or you do own it and you're listening, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Stormcrow <laughs> Manor. You rock. Oh no. Honestly, it's I... it's a dining experience to a whole new level. Like that's experience cubed. Uh, it's so I much keep fun. That in mind. Like, oh, not yeah. way, way, way more than cubed. Rob, tell us, tell us, and the listeners, the power ten. How, what what the menu experience is. Oh yeah, Stone that's, that's a lot of fun. <laughs> nice. uh, it's way more than cubed. Uh, before, what would the word be for twenty? They, they have themed rooms with all sorts of tables, but they also have some private rooms. And we got there. They were full. So we put our name. We're waiting. Us. Five minutes later, they pull us up stairs. And it's actually like a three-floor building. Um, so it really is shaped and designed like a manor. Uh, and we actually got a private room. Cool. Kind of nice. accidentally. Oh. Yeah, the oh, alien yeah. room. Like there was, there was E.T. and a UFO <laughs> on stained glass window. It was fantastic. Yeah. Um, but the, menu. the galaxy theme exactly it was perfect yeah. <laughs> next door was the star wars room which I, okay i really wish we had that but i love that room we got regardless so so they have a whole bunch of like geek themed things like the they they're doing like the big thing in the burger world right now is the smash burger of course most of the smash burgers were hulk themed um they Naturally. have all sorts of drinks like they they sell romulan ale they sell butter beer alcoholic and um non-alcoholic uh almost any geek thing related you could think of uh is there their entire salad bowl section is dragon ball themed because all the saiyans were named after (laughs) vegetables so it works it's dragon bowl z it's fantastic but they have uh burgers they have a burger where you can, they have an actual D and D sheet for your burger, and you roll a D twenty. If you want to be adventurous, you roll a D twenty to pick every aspect of your burger, from the bun to the sauces, the toppings, the meat, the cheese, everything. And you can even roll to pick an alignment for your burger. My burger was chaotic good, and it gives you a trading I, card with it. <laughs> hope that's so a good thing. Awesome. I do hope that's a good thing. Uh, it was chaotic good, I must admit, because I had sauerkraut on it. So there was right. the chaos, and everything else was just good. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, there you go. Awesome. Yeah, and and shots. They have a list of 20 different shots. Again, all uh, geek and sci-fi themed. But again, you, you can pick what you want from the first 19, or you could be adventurous, roll a d20, and let fate decide. And whatever you roll, that's the shot you get. If you get a nat 20, it's a double-sized shot. That's vodka, lemon, and sugar frosting. It sounds delicious, and you get to keep the shot glass, but you cannot pick that one. It's $6 a shot, 7 if you just pick your own, but the nat 20, you have to roll for it. And the, the nat 1 is uh, tequila and uh, hot sauce. Tequila and hot sauce. Just sounds so unpleasant that, that sounds deadly <laughs> yeah I, i'm not a fan of tequila yeah no. that there, sounds you oh know God. honestly it's tequila is not a fan of me yeah, yeah. <laughs> i don't think tequila is a, a fan of anyone yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> well as we keep saying brandon we're, we're just around the same wavelength like all the time 
Yeah, I know. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, so that was that was the weekend. That honestly, y'all, if you're in Toronto and you're looking for a great place to eat, check out Stormcrow Manor. It's on Church Street. Um, very easy to Google Maps it. You will find it. It's so much fun. It's worth the experience. Definitely check it out. Uh, this is not a paid advertisement. I must admit, <laughs> I am just no, I'm so over the not, moon dude. with that place. I'm yeah. so over the moon with that know. place. It was I'm telling you. I had a group of friends I could go to with that place. Once a month, we would have dungeons and drinking, and that oh, would be yeah. where, where we all had to go. And every every shot we took was a D twenty roll. Yeah, oh, we didn't get to pick out a damn thing. It was just <laughs> random. Yeah, like it or not, we we did three shots. So that each. would be fun. We not once had a duplicate. Oh, did we, we got rolled? to try six different shots. Yeah. Oh yeah. What's the one if you get a 20? Uh, It's uh, vodka, lemon, and sugar frosting. Vodka and lemon? So a lemon drop? Oh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess it is. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. That's good stuff. Yeah. It's. I was I was hoping to get that, but I didn't get it. I had to finish the night off with a pickle rick. I was not happy about that. I don't care. I don't care. I'll deal with that just about anything. Yeah. I am not a fan of, like, Kahlua. No. And, like, liquor with milk in it. That kind of stuff. Oh, that's gross. The first two shots I had actually had uh, Bailey's in it. So it had a chocolate taste, but it was good. It was really good. That's the only exception. Mm. Yeah. I don't mean to sound like an alcoholic, but, like, you know, when you're camping and shit, Bailey's in your coffee is... Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> definitely uh, so yeah that was my weekend and then we did some shopping I bought some toys Yay. awesome <laughs> yeah <laughs> I got Black Black Lantern Batman in my hand from McFarlane yes Ooh, I hope, I, hope yeah. I can get the last two figures in the line I'm looking for Kyle and Deathstorm and I have my Atrocitus figure finally oh my god <laughs> I want that. Oh, it looks really good. Yeah, so that's me. That's my big news. That's awesome. It's yeah. Atrocitus and Deathstorm. That's that's uh, who you're looking for still? Uh, well, Atrocitus is the Build-A-Figure. So if you get all four yeah. figures in the line, uh, there's Kyle Rayner, Deathstorm, Black Lantern Batman, and Black Lantern Superman. They all come with pieces to build Atrocitus. So you need Deathstorm and Rainer. Yeah. Yeah, I got my Batman and Superman. Mm. They are hard to find though. Yeah. At least those collect and connect ones, yeah. Those those are always like super tricky. Uh, yeah. I'm surprised they even got two of them in one week. When they came out with I wanna say it was three, maybe four years ago. Three years ago, I'm, I'm almost. They came out with that really big Voltron uh, that was oh, all yeah. of the different lions that clicked together. Each lion was like $15, $20. Yeah, I remember that. Um, I I, we got it. We got it for the kids. And it's, let me tell you, number one, it's fucking durable. Not a, not a chip <laughs> has come off of that fucking thing. Oh, nice. And um, the, the, so the whole thing is there and it's got, it stands like three foot tall. Damn, off. 
I can't even remember why it was that I started talking about that, but that thing was so cool. They love it so much. It's, it's my six year old is finally taller than it. <laughs> it was a really cool figure. I remember when that came out. I saw a couple of them on the shelves. I didn't see all five. Oh man, that'd be really cool if only I had the money to get all of them right now. Because I know next time I come here, they're going to be gone. Oh, oh no, that man. required. They required a couple different WalMarts and a couple different uh, Amazon shopping trips, which I assume is what the, uh, at the very least, what getting Death Storm and Kyle Rayner and the rest is. Oh, definitely. I I lucked out with Black Lantern Batman at EB Games, and then yesterday I thought, I'll check Amazon. Hey, there's Superman. Click. Okay, done. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully soon. Hopefully. I don't know. We'll find out. Hopefully. Um, I haven't been reading much else besides DC and uh, catching up with Marvel, but I did read or go through today uh, Godzilla vs. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, which was a lot of fun. I think that was written by Cullen Bund, if I'm not mistaken. I don't remember now. Exactly. Yeah, I, yeah. I would know your guess would be good as mine. Wow, I think so. I, I, I kind of sped through it, so I don't even really remember now. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was Cullen Bunn, and um, I don't remember the name of the artist right now, but it was a lot of fun, and that also segues into the, one of the biggest news things I have out of the comics world right now. Uh, this week, Power Rangers has been doing, over the past six, seven months or so, their Charge to 100 banner. And this week they finally hit 100 issues of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. And that culminated the two series they had. Uh, I think it was Power... No, but not Power Rangers Universe. Go-Go Power Rangers and Mighty Morphin. The two storylines in those respective books combined into Mighty Morphin Power Rangers number 100. Uh, and if you're reading the Power Rangers comics or you like Power Rangers at all, definitely check it out. It's a lot of fun. Very interesting stuff added to the lore. Uh, so worth it to check it out if you're a big Mighty Morphin Power Rangers fan or Power Rangers fan in general and they will be continuing on with 101 with a new creative team I do not know and I guess we will never know either (laughs) nope it looks like tragic timing Rob has done it again the master of suspense uh Loves to leave us hanging. How how am I how am I supposed to know how it's going to uh how it's how it's going to end or how this this series will introduce a new team? That is a damn good question. I, on the other hand, am looking at the figures that he has that he that he uh, needs left to be able to build that atrocitus that Cal Rayner. Mm-hmm. That looks pretty cool, man. The way that they did his outfit. The, the yeah, we were, we were talking about it yesterday and geeking out about it, and, and I was like, that was probably one of the best-looking Kyle Rayner figures I've ever seen, at least. Not one of the, you know, custom builds or busts or anything, but just like a, you know, a regular articulate figure. And easily the best yeah. uh, face sculpt I've seen, I think. They they did the smart thing. McFarlane toys always really good with their designs, but they did the smart thing, and I think just like designed the mask into his face instead of designing the face and then putting like crab mask over it because it always looks weird 
Um, but they designed the I think they designed the mask in Blue Space, and that's why it looks so so much better. Um, and now we have officially lost Rob. So I guess uh, Momentarily. I guess that's it. Oh man. He'll he'll be back in a moment. Ugh. But um looking looking past Kyle Rayner, which is just awesome, man. Fucking uh Death Storm. Holy yeah. crap. It, well Rob, dude, we um that looks yeah, so we, cool. Oh definitely. Rob, we we have been waiting in suspense to hear right. who the new creative team may or may not be. <laughs> That's hilariously awkward. I guess I cut off right where I said the new creative team. Is that yep. where I cut off? Yeah, because yes. I, I, my the rest of my sentence was I don't have it off the top of my head. Oh my but god! Look for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Excellent. I don't remember. Excellent. I, I, I know I recognize the writer's name, but I just I don't. I looked at it a few days ago. I don't remember who it is right now, but it is mm. coming out next month, I believe. So look awesome. forward to that. Uh, new stories. Sorry to kill the suspense like that. That's Ugh, I know. Just sitting here, <laughs> just just waiting, anticipating it. Um, Keep on I guess, waiting. I guess that's that's also a good segue uh, because speaking of things from the '90s that uh, have not died, um, DC has announced <laughs> that uh, they're bringing back foil embossed covers, variant covers really? to be specific. Um, so for those of you, uh, uh, I guess, uh, uh, who remember those disgusting garish covers that were you know one um monochrome color that's i i guess people liked at one point they're bringing it back for one month only um and now you too like your um like your parents uh, I, I assume or maybe not uh can own a disgusting garish cover and give it to your kids 20 years from um i have a couple of these from some of the 90s books that i've gotten from dollar bins they're terrible, and I thought they were dead. But um, <laughs> as Josh repeatedly likes to remind us, nothing from the '90s can stay dead. Um, so here we go. No, are. it's the '90s, and they want you to open the door up. Admit that yeah. they are there. They are <laughs> never going away. Um, yeah, and uh, and keeping on that '90s train. This is a, a small one, but um, we've already talked about the Batman Spawn crossover coming out in December, and uh, they released another one of the variant covers. This one from Jason Fawick, which is like. Oh, just incredible. I think the last time I mentioned that he was going to do a cover and I was like, I don't think I've ever seen him do Spawn before. Um, right. And then I saw it and I was like, you need to do more Spawn. Like, I don't even really yeah. care about Spawn that much. I just, it's just so good looking. It's it's Jason Fabic, man. I mean, yeah. it's just, that's what yeah. he does. Oh. Always, always <laughs> worth an honorable mention. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's honestly surprising. What else could so possibly terrible. come out of the nineties? What, no. what else could come back? Why? Why do we need these? I'm, I'm There's... like fully expecting them to bring back glow in the dark covers at some point. Oh, they have to, <laughs> like, just to complete the no. set. Yeah. Do you, the, hologra- uh, the holographic yeah. ones. God, yeah. yeah. I didn't mind the lenticular covers when they were doing Year of the or was it Year of the Villain? I think yeah, like, Year of the Villain. Like, the, ago, like yeah. the old, they, uh, they were cool, Amazon, but or Amazing Spider-Man six hundreds or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Or that so that, that issue of um, I think it's Green Lantern fifty, like when Hal 
officially is like parallax at this oh, point. Yeah. I and I didn't even realize it was a glow in the dark issue until like I think I like threw it on like a like a like nightstand or something and I went to turn out the light and I thought I was going insane because I looked over and I was like, <laughs> what's what's going on? I don't think this is a glow in the dark thing. Um, yeah. I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, I was like, what is this radioactive? Do I need to throw this, this away? Um, this isn't the Hulk. That's the wrong green character. Yeah, what the? What is going um, on here? So, yeah, I, I, I expect them to bring back Glow in the Dark at some point uh, in the future. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Glow in the Dark mm-hmm. was huge in the 90s. I, I'm fully <laughs> expecting that month for Batman to just have like a massive amount of pouches on his belt. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, I'm second thing. Everyone. So one, one's going to be for Ben Gay. The other one's going to be a new brace. <laughs> ben Gay. <laughs> with, 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 with all oh that, uh, yeah, with all that armor he has on, all that padding, he probably needs some Ben Gay. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> some talcum powder. Yeah. Oh, yeah, helps with the chafing and whatnot. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, exactly. He's <laughs> got his Lipitor and one oh. out right there on his hip. Mm-hmm. Those rubber suits from the '90s were not comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> well, on the subject of uh, of Gotham characters or Gotham adjacent characters, my my last little bit of news is that uh, there's going to be a new creative team on Harley Quinn. This was kind of a, a surprise oh, wow. announcement, um, but huh. uh, I guess after issue 27, uh, Stephanie Phillips, Stephanie Phillips, excuse me, the current writer will be uh, leaving the book um, and. Uh, Replacing her on uh, issue 28 will be Teeny Howard with Sweeney Boo. Uh, so I think that'll be Ooh. definitely exciting. Ooh, interesting. Um, All and, right. Uh, they're interesting, yeah. also doing like a fun, I guess, uh, anniversary issue or something. Um, or wait, no, sorry. That's that's already out. I think they're in Denver some special. Yeah, that was um, uh, last week or yeah, the week before. And then um, they're also doing a, a pop-up at, uh, at New York Comic Con with a food truck free breakfast cupcakes and comics and swag this is taken directly from their press announcement so those are not my words those are their words is it a taco truck because i would i don't know quit right now (laughs) i don't know right but uh it's it's there on friday which is is conveniently the day i will also be there so i will take pictures and, and send them to you and if they're good tacos or good other food i'll let you know and if it tastes like shit i'll also let you know (laughs) <laughs> I, I almost I almost want you to wear a GoPro. Yes. <laughs> I, I uh, oh man, I think I actually no, I think my brother has it now. But we used to have one of those GoPros, uh, and uh, if it's not somewhere in storage, it's uh, it's probably with him. But that that would be fun. Just walk around with it. Yeah. That could be my costume, the voyeur. That's my superhero name. The guy who just <laughs> films everyone. That's a really Uh, creepy superhero. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, What's your superpower? I watch people. I watch people. Your cosplaying is one of Big Brother satellites. Yes, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, Well, uh, do you guys have any other news? Uh, I got one more. Uh, So, for all you moviegoers out there, if you haven't been paying attention to, uh, I guess, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all sorts of shit. YouTube this week. If you're not subscribed to Ryan Reynolds, you missed an update oh, for Deadpool three. And Ooh, in true boy. Ryan Reynolds fashion, it was a lot of fun. Uh, yes. There is an official date set for Deadpool three, 
confirmed coming soon september 6th 2024 part of the mcu and not only that uh but uh, according to ryan reynolds uh he's been working on this for a long time and he's got nothing he's got no story uh he just had one idea and that uh hugh jackman's coming back as motherfucking uh, wolverine it's been pretty sick yeah i really didn't think it was gonna happen but uh, i know but here we are i i think i could be wrong i know i mentioned this to somebody i think i mentioned it to angela I'm pretty sure I remember Hugh Jackman in an interview one time. Somebody said, is, is there any chance at all you would ever return to the role of Logan? And he said, the only reason I would ever do it is if Ryan Reynolds asked. And here that's, we are. That's typical. <laughs> yeah. That's typical. Yeah, I mean, when did the last one come out? It was like 2018. So it's been a while. I think so. I think that was Logan. Um, yeah. Yeah. And somebody actually, I, I, uh, I saw a clip at the end of Deadpool 2 when wade was going through time and he ended oh up at the God. end of x-men origins and he was shooting yes. his old self and he said listen one day you're gonna hang up those claws but when your old buddy wade calls to bring you out of retirement you say yes and here we uh, are <laughs> yes yeah maybe it was already planned who knows it's already planned yeah maybe we'll get a, a fun little marvel dc crossover and green lantern will show up too not oh, just gosh. not just him looking at the script Whoa. this time, but like the horrible, uh, horrible CGI costume and everything. Yeah. Oh, don't sit talking too much in front of Rob. <laughs> oh no! Like I think I've said before, I own two copies of the movie. I've watched it countless times, and I still admit it sucks. I, I don't think I've seen issues. that movie like since 2011, and yet I can remember parts of it clarity it's weird oh, man i could almost recite it to you right now and i still can't stand it <laughs> it was a movie it was it regardless of you know what we can look back on it at, at the time it was a movie that was meant to blow our minds and for a lot of us it was at least holy shit we got a green lantern on screen yeah that's what like, it was for me <laughs> that's pretty much all it was there, you know there uh, was there were some problems definitely probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. it doesn't help it came out i think 2011 and at that point we were already on the road to avengers we had the dark yeah. Knight trilogy so there was there was a precedent set i think dark knight returns was on the way out so the dark knight had come out so there, mm -hmm. there was definitely like there was a tier you had to reach and it just did I, not reach that i i want to say like either thor or captain america had either come out at that point or was about to come out. And I and I at least I remember like comparing that in my mind. I was like, this is obviously the better one, um, because it was not <laughs> insane. Um yeah. but uh yeah, I think I think maybe it kinda got overshadowed by some of the other superhero stuff coming out at the time. Yeah. Which is a shame. There was there was definitely some stuff they did well, I think, some interesting stuff, mm -hmm. but there was way, way, way more that they did badly. I had fun picking out all the lanterns on Oa, though. <laughs> yeah, I like the guy that got to play Sinestro. I I still kind oh, of remember. Yeah. Him. I thought he did a good job. I don't know the actor. Strong, name. yeah. Mark Strong. Okay. Yeah, he was fantastic. He was easily the best part of that movie. Mm -hmm. And I I really hope if they ever get a live action Sinestro again, just get Mark Strong back, please. Yeah, I thought he was good. <laughs> yeah, he he did a really he he's. A, a terrific actor in my opinion mm -hmm. so there was no doubt in my mind that um that he he would 
like craft that role perfectly. He would do his research yeah. and do it right. I was still hoping okay. for um, um, Nathan Fillion. I know it's not gonna happen, but like, oh yeah, I, I just uh, loved him in the point, animated no. movies, um, and I I, I was just holding voice, out. Yeah, yeah I, I was always holding out like, oh, they'll just they'll just like fold him in. Um, but I, I said the same thing about Jensen Ackles as Red Hood. It's never gonna yeah, that's not it's gonna never gonna happen. Either, but unfortunately, but we'll yeah. always have Jensen Ackles Red Hood cosplay, which is fantastic. Yes, oh god, yeah. so good. And uh, we also had the late, great Michael Clark Duncan voicing Kilowog, a, a self-proclaimed yeah. Green Lantern enthusiast himself. Yeah, uh, I think I also did a, a great job there, yeah. Yeah. that That's about all the good parts of that movie, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But we have right, uh, Ryan Reynolds coming in Deadpool 3 to look forward to. That's the point. Yes. Uh, about two years to go. Before we see Deadpool 3 uh, with Hugh Jackman as Wolverine one more time, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be in continuity. It's going to be in continuity with the rest of the cinematic universe. Mm -hmm. So it's it's it has to completely disregard everything that happened in the fox universe right i mean that's that i think remains to be seen we'll we'll have to see because mm -hmm. deadpool one and two i believe they confirmed a remaining canon and that that was definitely part of the fox universe while it was kind of its own thing it still tied itself into the fox x-men universe very well so we'll see how that goes, how they're going to write the story that gets Wade into the MCU proper, and how mm -hmm. he's going to bring Logan with him. Yeah. Um, it'd be kind of cool if, like, off if Logan it's like, in a separate universe. Yeah. I, I was thinking it'd be kind of cool if, like, he was in the MCU, but he still has the memories of the old Fox universe. So it's like, oh, it's, man. It's almost like. Yeah, it's it's almost like um, with the the Spider Man movie where like they come into this universe and they still have the memories of the old one. I mean, obviously they're not there. For it would be but, uh, such be cool. a cool new way to do breaking the fourth wall. Yeah, that that would oh my god that would sell so awesome that that that's an excellent idea, man. Yeah, it really is. Especially like if you were introducing, I would gobble like, that up. Yeah, especially if you're like introducing like the new cast of, of mutants, like the new X Men characters or, or whatever, like the MCU versions of them. Deadpool's like, oh, I don't know. I like the old ones. I like the the whatever his name was, the guy who played Cyclops or something. I like that version better. Oh, yeah. I have, like, fun with it. <laughs> or tongue in cheek. <laughs> Yeah. It'd be yeah, it'd be awesome. Like uh, they 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 do have a reboot of the X Men or Cyclops for whatever reason or whatever shows up, and he'd seen Cyclops before, and he sees this new one, and he's been re recast with a black guy or whatever. He runs by he runs by Deadpool, and he's like, "Wait a second, <laughs> I, see somebody I, I that looked... if, uh, if, <laughs> that if they did awesome. that, and he was just a completely different person to the T, like." recognizably yeah. different from a distance and then he runs by and like, James it's you 
Whoa. <laughs> what are you doing here? Oh, that would be yeah. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, I can't wait for that fucking There's movie something to come different out. about you. Did you lose weight? Yeah. No, like, <laughs> yeah. just totally yeah. oblivious to it. Yeah. Oh, it's a new costume. I like oh, it. I very it. snazzy. <laughs> is it yeah. the black? It's the black. Black is very <laughs> slim. <laughs> oh, oh man yeah. so uh, much uh potential there it's gonna be a lot of fun yeah. are, are there any like, like popular mutants from the 90s left that they haven't done because they did the new mutants they had sunspot oh, cannonball magic and, and they already had uh domino and cable and whatnot in deadpool 2 oh, yeah like, are there any left geez not that i can think of i mean they did an apocalypse movie so i guess that's already been covered yeah. too um i mean I didn't watch New Mutants. Was Dupe in it? I don't think so. Um, okay, so maybe. And then they had Dupe. the <laughs> they had the Legion TV show. So I guess that's oh, kind yeah. of a, so. Yeah. yeah, I think probably already covered most of the bases by now. All right. So here's hoping we get to see uh, armor. We'll say gold balls. I want to see some gold oh balls live God. action. That would be fantastic. Yeah. Which apparently his name is Egg now, and I'm very confused by that. In the new Krakoan <laughs> age. If you read yeah. House of X and Powers of Ten, it makes more sense. Okay. I definitely got to check that out. Because <laughs> I want to know why he's not gold balls. I want gold balls. <laughs> Something wrong yeah. with you, Rob. Sorry. No, when you said that, I, I started thinking about Austin Powers and Goldmember. It's uh, <laughs> unrelated. <laughs> it's an unfortunate schmelting accident. Yeah. It's a million dollar Mounting. idea. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, all right. Do we, uh, do we have, any, <laughs> do we have right. any more news before we head into our uh, spotlight? Or highlights first? Uh, uh, I, that's it on my yeah. end rob got, got married got he's gone crazy we'll check in <laughs> on him weekly yes yeah occasionally i reply yeah <laughs> well the ratings are good for now but uh you know i'm hoping hoping they stay that way see the future sounds like it's, it's off to a good start so i'll have to I have to look into this this marriage thing for myself maybe i'll yeah think yeah, about see, it in a couple uh, of years you know shop around see uh see who yeah. carries what yeah, yeah, the best deal for your dollar. That's that's definitely what I want to do. You want to be, you know, very yeah. smart about it. It's yeah, definitely like a long term purchase. It takes you yeah. Like yeah. ten years. It's ten yeah. years to long, review your options contract. and yeah. <laughs> and you never want to settle at the first store you walk into. You know, you of need course, to, yeah. You uh, need to have a see if of there's a sale options. somewhere else. You know, like yeah. way, like price it out. You know. Yeah, and something else some somebody doesn't tell you is. You don't want to go to every store and put a little bit of something on layaway either. That's just not cool to the products. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ugh, all right. Uh, well, you don't, you don't just try that. something on and throw it back on the floor. Like you, oh, you, you still respect horrible. the. End. You got it. Yeah. You got to be smart about it. Uh, but with yeah. all that said, let's uh, head over to our highlight section and uh, mention some books out this week. We are not going to cover in great detail, but still want to pay some lip service to. That's the ticket. Uh, first off, um, Nice House on the Lake, number 10. I could tell you about it, but uh, 
wow. Just wow. Read it. Uh, DC versus Vampires number nine. I love this shit. Uh, I don't know if there's something wrong with me, but it's so great. Um, I gobble it up. Go buy it. Batman Beyond the White Knight number five. Uh, I am loving this run of 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 uh, the White Knight series more and more with every single issue. Human targets. I might have read this, but it's Tom King and it's out there. It'll I'll. I'll get to it eventually. We've got Nightmare Country Where? number six. Huh? Where? Yeah. <laughs> eventually. Um, <laughs> Nightmare Country number six is pretty awesome. There's no excuse to not read this if you dig mm. horror slash fantasy comics. Um, Batman Fortress number five. I didn't get to that yet, but I'm hoping that it picks up for me or else I'm going to toss that one on the burn pile. Ooh. Space Age 2. <laughs> Loving this hype man energy. Right. <laughs> Space Man. Superman Space Age number 2 is also on my to read list. I just haven't gotten to it yet. DC Max number 3 Ooh. was kind of fun. I have a question for you guys. Which one is better, the Max or the Dinosaur? Dinosaurs. Max, but I'm, uh, I'm a huge Max <laughs> fan. The dinosaurs are still a lot dinosaurs. of fun. I, I am, I'm such a child. child. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, I, I, I just, I'm a child for the same reason. I just, oh, I yeah. loved robotic mechs. <laughs> I, I, I hear you. Yeah. I, yeah. I think for me, yeah, it's, it's definitely with dinosaurs. It's just, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's so simple, question. but like, I love it. Who would win? Ooh. Well. I might actually say Jurassic League. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah, I feel like, uh, yeah, the Jurassic League would definitely give them a run for their money, but it's it's hard yeah. to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I knew there was going to be conflicting opinion there. <laughs> but, uh, Justice League versus Legion of Superheroes number six. Skip it. I did. Ooh. Batman the Audio Adventures number one. <laughs> it is at the top of my read list this week, but I am sure... It is going to be great. Check it out. Uh, <laughs> Blood Syndicate number five continues to be a really good read. Check that out as well. And then finally, um, at $9.99 this month, uh, Rated E for Everyone is a book about Andy. Uh, Andy, like a lot of kids, feels a little lost and out of place when he moves to Gotham. Unlike most kids, he's less excited about the idea of meeting Batman than he is about seeing his childhood hero, the professional wrestler Waylon Jones, a.k.a. Killer Croc. In the book My My Buddy Killer Croc, Sarah Farazin and Nicoletta Baldari unite to tell a charming tale of a boy in a new school, his new friends and enemies, and the supervillain who teaches him how to put the bullies in their place. Ooh. My buddy, Killer Croc. You should buy it. It is a super cute book. It is for kids. It's, uh, I, I would say, from four on up. It's it's awesome. And Sounds that cool. is all that I've got to mention. All right. Well, with that said, we will make our way over to our spotlight section. But... I don't know how much it's going to help considering that our first book is set in 
what I can only describe as the Nazi zombie apocalypse. Because our first book this week <laughs> is DC Horror Sergeant Rock versus the Army of the Dead with the team that, I mean, unless you are blind, um, there's no way that you can't know who's writing this book because it is Bruce Campbell. His name is featured very prominently on the cover with art from the always incredible Eduardo Riso, colors from Christian Rossi, and letters from Rob Lee. This is mostly a setup issue, but set up well it does. That is not English, so I'm going to try and make sure I don't screw up the rest of this summary. Uh, but basically, in Berlin, 1944, Adolf Hitler has greenlit a new plan spearheaded by the mysterious Dr. Campbell to, I guess, have some kind of regeneration plan that will bring back Nazi corpses as zombies. So truly, they can never die and will be the unstoppable fighting force of the Third Reich. But they're going to come into conflict with Yay. our ever-favorite heroes, the Easy Company, led by uh, <laughs> fan-favorite Sergeant Rock, and always good to see him. Um, and Sergeant Rock is brought back uh, to the Allied headquarters <clears throat> in Berlin um, to get a basically uh, a debrief on the situation, which is... Nazis are bringing back zombies. That's it. Um, and uh, we have some new tech for you that will hopefully help. And they're given binoculars and walkie-talkies, which, uh, as a history major, I'm ashamed that I don't know this, but I I don't know if walkie-talkies are prior to the Korean War. If, if one of you knows that, please let me know. Um, but I, I thought that I might know that they used walkie-talkies. I know that they used walkie-talkies in the Korean War. Yes, I know they. I know they were implemented during the Korean War. I don't know if they were used here, and I know they mention it's like experimental technology, but I don't yeah. think it would have been nearly as portable as it looks here. So I, 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 I had, I, I had to kind be... of, I had to kind of fact check that, but I was like, it's a, it's a comic book. Like, I don't really care. Yeah. Like, <laughs> my, my, my but, inner history nerd was like, wait a minute, uh, but I could be yeah. wrong there. So I don't know. I, I'm not, I, that, I mean, that's what my great grandfather did in the Korean War, and uh, the, mm. ra the the walkie-talkie that they had to use, they still called it a portable radio. Yeah, uh, it was it was right. a it was the size of a backpack that he had to carry. Yeah, yeah, and they right. they had those in, in Vietnam as well, the radio operators. But yeah, I didn't know if they had like the, the portable ones that you see here. That's you know kind of like a, a big chunky phone. Um, so I, I don't I don't know. But I'm not, I'm not gonna spend time on that because like it's yeah. Sergeant Rock versus the Army of the Dead. Like, <laughs> it's not gonna be entirely historically accurate. Um, but basically, the rest of Easy Company uh, get some of the new technology and are introduced to one of the uh, surviving zombies to kind of get a sense of what they're up against. Zombie attempts uh, to escape and does successfully break the bars uh, and captures one of the members of Easy, and the rest of the members are ganging up on the zombie trying to make sure that. Uh, their fellow uh, member is freed, uh, and thankfully, they're able to take out the zombie by firing at him multiple times, but I think really only successfully killing him in as much as you can kill a zombie by firing at his head. Uh, but they kind of realize that if Hitler, you know, has an entire army of these types of soldiers, God only knows how they're going to, to fare against the rest of them. And that's when our, our last scene shows us just what this nasty regeneration process looks like. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, I don't know how you guys felt, but I had a lot of damn fun with this one. Um, I, I love Sergeant Rock. I love the the Easy Company stories that they, uh, they used to have back in the day. I mean, I, I wasn't reading them, but I've I've read a handful of them, and they're always pretty fun. And, and actually, in 
preparation for this, I, I reread um, uh, uh, Sergeant Rock and uh, I think it's called Between Hell and a Hard Place, the original graphic novel from Vertigo that uh, Brian Azzarello and Joe Kubert, um, the, the artist, one of the famous artists on uh, Sergeant Rock comic back in the day, uh, did back in like 2003. And I, I read it and I really liked it the first time and, and rereading it on uh, on Tuesday morning was, uh, was just as good. I think I enjoyed it even more. So um, reading that and then reading this was a lot of fun. But I don't know. It's like I think it's one of those things where like with Jurassic League, you're either in love with the concept or you don't care at all. For me, this is right up my alley. Just, you know, it's a, it's a wartime comic, but it has that kind of supernatural twist to really hook you. And seeing how Easy Company is going to fare against Nazi zombies is is just incredible. And I mean, I, I don't think anyone is going to complain about you know watching Nazis and Nazi zombies get killed for for six issues. So I had a lot of fun with this one, and uh, I, I hope uh, the rest of you enjoyed it. And uh, I'm not going to talk about Eduardo Riso. I already talked about him enough. Uh, listeners will know of my love for a hundred bullets and everything that this man has done. So, um, just read this book. If you're an uh, Eduardo Riso fan, you will be, uh, thoroughly satisfied. Um, and then one final note I had was it's a very small thing, but I noticed that the lettering that they used is like almost kind of a tribute to the Joe Kubert style of lettering. You can actually look it up. It, it kind of has like that weird, like rectangular shape as opposed to like yeah. the, the standard bubble. Um, and I thought that was just like a really cool nod to the old uh, Sergeant Rock comic. So very fun That's stuff really cool. indeed. Yeah. Um, so this one got an easy 8.5 out of 10 for me. Super stoked for the rest of the series. Yeah, this was tons of fun. I've been wanting a return to Sergeant Rock and Easy Company for a long time. Yeah. It's finally here, and who better than Bruce yeah. freaking Campbell to bring it on? He's a hell of a writer, too. I didn't <laughs> he realize he yeah. was, like, oh, he's, had experience He's really creative. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, it was like it's when so I learned good. that like Mark Hamill was like a novelist. Like, what? When? I'm surprised. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, people when? who are creative typically are creative in more than just one way. Yeah, no, That's you're true. you're 100 right, and it's it's kind of our narrow-minded view. Like, oh, I guess they're just an actor, but no, they're they're creative people. They have stories too. Yeah, it's just Not it's just like weird. Bad. You're like you're like what? I didn't know you did that. Um, yeah. So yeah, no, really, really good writer actually. Nice. Yeah. No, this this is so much fun. Uh, you're right about the art very fitting of the the story very well done uh, I didn't realize it at first but you mentioned the lettering and yeah it's, it's really well done there too the spectacular lettering uh, I, I could go on all day about this I book it's, it's so much fun Yeah, <laughs> I, I wish I, every I gave, book uh, that wasn't lettered by Clayton Cowles looked like this yeah yeah definitely <laughs> that'd be so nice on my eyes um yeah, I gave it 8.75 out of 10. I just have one question, though. I was reading this. I was trying to remember. Speaking of the 90s, was was there ever, in all of the DC Marvel crossovers, I guess in Amalgam Comics, was there like a, a, a Sergeant Rock and the Howling Commandos fusion? Because there oh, should have been. Oh, man. I don't there know. There really should have been. But I, I feel like, yeah, that, that definitely would have been one of the Amalgam books. Yeah. Uh, as far as I, I, I've got all of them, and as far as I can remember, 
No. Look it up. There is not one. I don't think. Uh, I know that there was a Bruce Wayne Nick Fury mashup, but there was not. Yeah, I think it was Bruce Wayne Agent of Shield. Yeah. 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 And then obviously Challengers of the Fantastic, the greatest of all of them. So good. Yeah. (laughs) I actually did enjoy that one. Yeah. Okay. That's All fair. of them were good in their own God, way. I, I, yeah. I know that they. I know people give them a lot of shade, but I love yeah. them. Okay. According to Wikipedia, I'm sorry. They just I, I had to know. I should have looked this up before. But according to Wikipedia, the first handheld walkie-talkie, the AM SCR 536 <laughs> transceiver, was implemented in 1941. So I was wrong. Oh, okay. This is this is accurate. It's very possible, yeah. So yeah, spit spit on me. I, I should have known that. You say spit on you? Yeah. <laughs> what kind of an expression is that? It just means that, <laughs> that uh, I deserve I deserve my shame. So you can, okay. you can spit Jesus on me. Jesus Christ. Not in not in not in the I think no, I No, I didn't mean that. that. Uh, this is the R-rated edition of the podcast today. Oh God! It's like we're you're gonna kneel down and kneel down and let people fucking beat you no. on the back of your head. <laughs> Just no, no, take no, my no, no. yes. Yeah. <laughs> Spit on me. Spit on me. Oh God! Oh no, no you're worth more than that. It's like, hey man, definitely. I made a fucking mistake. Yeah. <laughs> Spit on me. I'm gonna slap you though. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a very Shakespearean era. Uh, expression though hell yeah like like i bite my thumb at you you can tell fucking that's how you know brandon is 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 a learned man (laughs) you flatter me (laughs) uh what did you think Uh, of uh sergeant rock versus the army of the dead uh josh uh i think that this was something i never would have saw coming but i'm so glad got here uh if uh, if a zombie war comic sounds like something that might be interesting or make you say what the hell and have to check it out, you should. <laughs> I enjoyed the hell out of it. It's just as fun as these guys said. It is dis- it is distinctly Bruce Campbell's voice, but he does a good voice for all of the characters. Uh, it's it's distinctly Campbell's narrative. You can you can tell that it's him. But it's yeah. such a good read, and it's such a fun read, and I gave it an eight out of ten. Uh, Rizzo, awesome. awesome as always. Yeah. Well, I I guess I have one final question. I already posed it on uh, Discord, but I guess for our listeners, for those of of you who have seen the main cover to this, the one from Gary Frank, is it just me, or does this version of Sergeant Rock kind of look like Bruce Campbell? Because I, I was looking oh. at like the face and the eyebrows, and, and one thing I think of. Oh. We interrupt. Whoa! Was, <laughs> what happened? Um, uh, one, one thing I think about he's, he has like very <laughs> pronounced eyebrows or something like that. Um, and uh, and I don't know something about it. I was just like that kind of looks like him. And I don't know if that was intentional, from Gary Frank, or just a, a happy accident. But uh, I, I don't I know. Listeners, what do you think? Intentional. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to say, who who did the cover? Was it Rizzo as well? No, it was Gary, Gary Frank. Frank. Yeah. Oh, it was Gary Frank. Then, uh, it, yeah, I'm going to say, even if it wasn't, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't say that it was done on purpose. 
excuse me, I wouldn't say that was done with everybody knowing it. I think this is just Gary Frank doing that job. Yeah. And and, and doing it with Bruce Campbell as Sergeant Rock. I mean, just yeah. flat out. There's no way to hide that. But for me, well, I'm going to now... say Gary, Gary Frank probably just, like, just drooled at the idea of being able to get to draw that. Yeah, well, now oh, I want to see a, a, a alternate universe where Bruce Campbell, instead of being Ash Williams, was uh, was Sergeant Rock instead in the in a story like this. Maybe not versus you know a, a bunch of Nazi zombies, but uh, but some kind of Sergeant Rock story. Alternate universe where that would have happened. I'm sure it's it's somewhere out there in the multiverse. Yeah. It's in the same universe where. Um... Uh, friggin' oh my god, I'm so horrible with names today. Jesus Christ, <laughs> David, David, German guy. <laughs> I've never heard of him. That guy played Nick Fury, and Nicolas Cage got to play. Oh no, he did. Oh play Nick yeah, Fury. Nicolas Cage got to play Superman. Got to play Superman. Yeah. Oh my god, I still want yeah, to see it's that. It's in that universe. I, I want to go to that universe. <laughs> yeah. And the third Tim Burton Batman film was actually by Tim Burton starring Michael Keaton and not Joel Schumacher. Yeah. That sounds like a good universe. Yeah. Uh, God, I went. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, speaking of, of crazy things and crazy universes, let's, let's get a little bit more crazy with uh, our next book. So I'm going to hand it over to Rob right on yeah this is definitely a little crazy this is harley quinn number 22 uh this is written by stephanie phillips with art from matteo lolly and david baldion uh, colors from rain burrito and letters from and world design so up somewhere in a snowy mountain region kevin is dragging a sled he's a little lost and he's a little sad uh but he's asking or hoping he could ask for directions uh but as that happens a bunch of ninjas appear out of the snow and it is the league of assassins and that's exactly what kevin was looking for and he is brought to the current uh post shadow war leader of the league of assassins angel breaker and she demands to know who he is and why he's here uh and he reveals he is here for the lazarus pits uh but she i'm here for the party baby yeah yeah where's the party <laughs> yeah uh, yeah as she says death is permanent as you will soon learn you're going to be kicked out of the snow with none of your provisions but he he pleads at her to just look at the sled and in the sled covered in a sheet is none other than harley quinn's dead deceased lifeless body with a gut wound that looks infected um jump back to 72 hours prior and after the events in the harley quinn 30th anniversary special harley and kevin are i believe at this point still in vegas um with their new alien cat hybrid uh that harley has officially named perry perry yeah what the hell kind of a name for a cat alien hybrid or not what kind of name for anything is perry i thought for (laughs) sure it's a parasite cat uh, yeah never mind i i thought for sure though it was going to lead some kind of pun uh, with the next part of the story, which is where 
uh, Harley followed in the footsteps of the Lonely Island, and she bought a boat. And oh my god! Right. <laughs> never, never did I think we would reach the day where we have a Lonely Island reference in the podcast. This is a historic moment. Oh, he bought man. a boat. <laughs> uh, whatever you do, do not accept the apology that comes with the present. That's in oh the shape God. of a box. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Oh, God. Yeah. I, I just, I heard that song this morning and it popped into my head. Okay. I, I need to do this. <laughs> oh. yeah. That was yeah. excellent. That was excellent. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, so the reason I said pun with Perry is because not just any boat, it's actually a ferry. Uh, but to my dismay, there was no pun to be made. Perry's ferry. <laughs> Yeah, it's Perry's Ferry. Why not? Yeah. Uh, despite gotcha. the fact that she also bought a taco truck, uh, which also very punny on the side says taco the morning to you. Oh, is that so, is that why you thought it would be a taco truck at uh, yeah the yeah. Oh, yes. God, yeah 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 it would make sense, or it'd be exactly. a taco truck that just doesn't sell tacos. Yeah. It sells like pizza. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> a taco uh, truck that just doesn't sell tacos. Yeah. As a matter of fact, it sells everything else but tacos. Oh my tacos. god. <laughs> <laughs> I would oh, be god. I would be so heartbroken. Uh, I would be very, very Harley Quinn, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, that sounds like something you would do. Yeah. Uh so with Harley now owning a ferry, Perry's ferry and the taco truck. Uh, Kevin's a little worried about how she's spending her money, so he, he starts to have a little bit of an argument with her, uh, but Perry runs up to the, the boats and says, hey, there's somebody on here, so Harley runs on and Kevin follows suit. Uh, Kevin quickly loses Harley, but finds the room that she made for him, which is his bedroom, it is decked out. Um, she did a, put a lot of work into Kevin's room, so he does feel a little shitty after Perry kind of makes him feel like shit. But then there is a gunshot off in the distance, and they run out to find some cloaked figure in a lot of uh, fog, smoke, if you will. Uh, as Harley was shot in the gut and keels over, and uh, Kevin's feeling her, her pulse, but it disappears... And then we jump back to the League of Assassins. This is the Assassins, right? Not the Shadows. Yeah. Yes, um, I think. To which <clears throat> Kevin again pleads with Angel Breaker to just save her life. Tries for an attack. Foolish move. Angel Breaker just lands him flat on his back. Uh, and says, look, the Lazarus Pits, they're, they're not what you think. They're a little unstable right now. But we'll try it. <laughs> That's one way to yeah. put it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, she she might come out as a princess of darkness and want to kill the entire world and kill all the heroes, but we'll see. Yeah, you know? we'll see. She's a little off. Yeah, she'll like she'll go in the pit. And she'll come out written by Joshua Williams. Who yeah, knows what'll happen? Oh, it's come on. TBD. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, she's gonna go there. in, and then apparently she's gonna come out written by Teeny Howard, which isn't so bad. Yes. Yeah. So they do put her in. Uh, Angel Breaker starts to run off after the cavern, holding the Lazarus Pit. It starts to cave in, but Kevin is refusing to give up on Harley, and Harley climbs her way out with a 
devilish smile on her face saying she's got a murderer to find and that is where we end the issue uh she definitely looks a little crazier than usual uh it's a curious arc so far i think maybe a little all over the place but i'll be honest I completely forgot to read the the fall of the, the previous portion of the 30th anniversary. I just didn't have time to go through the 30th anniversary issue last week. As I mentioned prior, I was getting married. I didn't have a lot of time last week. You, you, have, so, you have a decent excuse. Yeah. Um, pretty fairly. But pretty I, fairly I think it's still excuse. enjoyable. Like this, this is, is, it's come a long way, this book. And I've, I like where it is right now. My big question... I, the, the, so before I get into the big question, sorry, I always do that. The art's good, the story's fun, solid, 8.5 out of 10. My big question, do you guys think that Shadowy Faker might be an officially in-continuity phantasm? That is oh. an interesting theory. Yeah. I, did, I cannot it, say. It it's, not I think it's a little too shadowy to tell. Um, yeah. But... Maybe I'm I'm, I I'm keeping my options open. Yeah, I would be down. Either that or it's uh, that guy at the beginning of the series. I don't remember his name. Well, now. we did we did see Red Claw in Catwoman, so that is true. We know, saw maybe, Red Claw. Maybe there's something Harley. there. Oh, now that's early. That's early. Okay. Sorry, what? <laughs> Not, nothing. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> Making myself no. laugh. It's a, no, I, I, well, I didn't hear what you said. I missed what you said. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's very, very quiet. Um, Mumbling. But yeah, I, I guess it. I guess it. Uh, I guess it could be. I don't. Uh, I don't know. It's too shadowy <sighs> to tell. Maybe next issue, we'll find out. Um, I, I, I thought this was also kind of an interesting setup. Um. I uh, I don't know like I I wasn't uh, I wasn't super like in love with Task Force Double X I thought it was like kind of fun the parts that I did read um, I, I can't I can't really speak definitively because there were some parts that I, I did not read I was kind of in and out on this one but um, I thought this was at least like kind of an interesting setup um, so I gave this a seven point five out of ten and who knows maybe they do something interesting with the Lazarus pits and uh, and see you know how Harley ends up reacting to them right that's the that's mm-hmm. the big question isn't it um i i gave this a 7.75 i i enjoyed it it's pretty cool uh, i like the the uh big question marks that it leaves as to where it could go next uh given the uh, instability of the lazarus pits mm-hmm. and uh well i mean the general instability of Harley and how, how she doesn't quite look herself when she comes out of it. I hope it's, uh, you know what? I'm not yeah. even going to say it, <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's real good. I, I, I enjoy the hell out of it. It's a crazy Harley story. Creepy looking Harley at the end, pretty good setup issue. And I hope what's coming in is a, uh, a fun and well, uh, a fun to read, good written comic. Um, that's that's heading, all you can hope for. That, that's yeah. that's all I'm yeah. That's all I'm hoping for at this point. Um, it'll be a lot better than where it came from, and 
so far things look like they're headed in the right direction. Um, it's solid. It's good art, man. 7.75. Nice. Well, we have Lazarus on the brain, so let's, uh, let's keep up with that trend as we make our way to our next book for this week. Because I think we are definitely going to stick with Lazarus-themed stuff for the moment. So, Josh, I'm going to pass it over to you. It seems that we will. Written by uh, Matthew Rosenberg. Art inside and out from Eddie Barros, Iber Ferreira, and Adriano Lucas. With letters from Rob Lee, we have Task Force Z number 12. At Powers International, after the explosion, what's left of... Oh, wait, can I, can I just say, and this will not derail you at all, but, um, Rob, I hate you. I hate you because <laughs> you said, you said you Task Force, to? you said Task Force, that nasty letter, so many times <laughs> that, like, every time I pick up this issue, it pops into my head, and I, and I, yeah. I say Task Force C, but, like, it's still there and it won't it leave. Just it's like a horrible in your mind. Yes, yeah, like a horrible infection. <laughs> My work here is so done. Thank you very I, much. I just I, I have to I had to say that. <laughs> Otherwise now, this series is <laughs> ending, but like yeah, I had to say this the last just to let you know. <laughs> just to give you He's a piece of my mind. <laughs> Oh, he's strolling along so in his happy. LCS, <laughs> and he's he's getting to the the Just end of by. he's getting to the end. No, of the I racks see it, and, I'm, and my mind is he like, oh, yells, yeah, let me make stop. sure." Stop. <laughs> yeah, it's really I'm, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like having like a like a freak out, like a like a Batman freak out, where I'm just like, "No, get out of my brain!" Everyone's like, just, you, "Do we oh need to call God. someone?" I, I could picture you doing that, you freaking out, and the, the yeah. shop owner comes over, your buddy, you okay? Yeah, it's the damn Canadian. Yeah, I'm again. fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. It's a fucking just Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah. I, I, just, I, had to, I had to let you know because it would not let me rest. Oh my god, that makes me so happy. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry at the same time, I have to by law, but that makes me so happy. It's like, yeah. make the Canadian be quiet, he's talking to me yeah. through the alphabet. Uh, Yes, <laughs> like I'm like oh. bunched up on the floor, like in a ball. Like no, make it go away. Like, stop. <laughs> Zed. Zed. No. That's all he says. No, it's it's such a no, I know such it. a sad <laughs> thing. He was such a bright young man, such great potential. <laughs> oh god now that we've painted brandon's mental breakdown yes. oh. <laughs> we're gonna get on to uh test force <laughs> yes, the, the actual the actual book um all right so we start off at powers international headquarters uh, it is right after the explosion that was at the end of the last book and what is left of both teams are facing off. Jason Todd, Solomon Grundy, Mr. Immortal's clone, I forget what we're calling her, and Harvey Dent versus Bloom in the Bat Bunny suit, Man Bat, Gotham, and Gotham Girl. Not exactly evenly stacked sides there. Um, however, really, really great action-packed uh, sequence pages follow. It's, it's, it's quite a few of them, and it's, they're done really well. You don't feel like it's cheap. It, it, it pulled me in and that kind of thing. 
typically doesn't. Um, and it all leads to uh, Gotham realizing the whole situation of him being a, 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 a Bane clone and a Gotham zombie thing. And he doesn't kill Jason Todd, you know, which is good. Uh, Two-Face, Gotham, and the rest work to take down Bloom, ending with Gotham grabbing him, flying away, coming back, and saying, you don't have to worry about him anymore, which honestly could mean anything, but I think we're supposed to mean that uh, he's, he's, he's gone for good now. Hmm. Hopefully he is. So the war is over. The Task Force Z war is done. We see that Jason is leaving, leaving Gotham for West Texas. We see that all the zombies are laying in the morgue somewhere, laying there unless, or excuse me, until Two-Face, that is, shoots them all up with resin and says he's got big plans and a caption that says, just the beginning. Which is kind of nuts, because some of these can barely walk. Um, <laughs> Arkham Knight, I mean, like, uh, hell, I can't remember right now, but they were one of them was crawling on the floor. It was um, like Copperhead or something. Like Copperhead like, was like, yeah. <laughs> Copperhead is like the only one that's standing up straight. Everybody else is yeah. hunkered over or like missing limbs and shit. Can I, uh, can I get a he's, refund? Yeah, he's gonna go open up a sideshow. Look yeah. at look at the, the 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 very happy zombies that I've got here. <laughs> so weird, but uh, I guess we'll see where it goes. It's a. Uh, I think it was a decent finish. It was a satisfactory conclusion to the sto- to the story. It was a bombastic story from start to finish, and that's a double-edged sword. Um, it's a fun time reading it, but the problem with that is that the finish doesn't often feel big enough for the story. Like, because the finish should be bigger than the story, and when the story is just huge, sometimes the finish doesn't feel big enough. I guess that was what I was trying to say. Um, I guess I would say that this one, it, it, it gave us the one that would, I guess, make the most sense, which feels weird to say about the story, <laughs> but it does work for it. It wasn't a big, huge bombastic and, um, but it, I, okay. So honestly, it, this, this, this run had me started, started out scratching my head a little bit. Like, why are we getting this story? And then at the end of it, I feel like I've got more head scratching, but normally that would piss me off. This this did not. I enjoyed the hell out of it. I just don't know what the hell is going to happen with Jason or what Two-Face is going to do with a bunch of like 4th and 5th gen dead-ass zombies that are missing legs and shit. I, I'm, I'm confused, but hey, whatever, man. It, it was a fun It was a fun read. In the, in the credits, it says Task Force Z, created by people who wanted to make your favorite comic. Every so, uh, every credits page has had like a goofy little Task Force created by joke, uh, and yep. it's 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 wonderful. It is, and you know what? It Task Force Z isn't my favorite, but it definitely is a fun ride. It's one that I'll be able to return to anytime without worrying about continuity. Just being able to read through it, um, it's it's awesome and good art as always. Though some places in this issue did feel a bit rushed. The the overall for this art, man, it was this 
this was this was real good. I gave it an eight out of ten. Nice. I, I also gave this one an eight out of ten. I thought it was a satisfying conclusion. Um, I agree. Maybe it could have been a little bigger and more conclusive because um, there are obviously some some plot threads that are going to continue elsewhere. But um, you know, obviously didn't get finished in this series, which can sometimes be a good thing because you know you want to see where it leads. But sometimes you do want something that's more conclusive. And I do think I kind of wanted this to be a little more conclusive. But if we get a good story elsewhere, then, you know, that's fine. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, uh, I don't know. It's, uh, it, I'm, I'm going to kind of miss this one. Like it, it's been such a weird title to have every month that it'll be weird not to have it anymore. Um, right? yeah. and, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping this is like, cause I, I don't know how much buzz this series got. I, I get the feeling it wasn't a ton and it was kind of like just a, a very small group of people that were reading it, but that, that could just be me. Um, but, um, I, I hope this kind of becomes I hope like that's a, that's not right. Yeah, I, I, I kind of hope, well, selfishly, I kind of hope that, like, it did fly under the radar, so this kind of becomes, like, a, a DC cult classic, like, one of those, like, underrated titles that maybe a ton of people didn't read, but, like, you know, it really picks up in circulation once the trades are out and everything, and it puts together a complete collection, and people really start gravitating towards it, and it gains a real following in, in subsequent years. That's what I'm hoping happens, but uh, that that's just a little speculation. Um, and then one really minor thing, but they kind of like established this relationship between Jason and Stephanie that, I mean, to my bat family knowledge didn't really exist before. They'd had some interactions, but nothing significant. Um, and I, I was like, just kind of thinking about it conceptually. And I was like, they are really great pairing, like not romantically, but just as friends, like, they kind of have a, a nice, um, a nice pairing together. Um, given uh, you know, they've got, past they've got a very common bond. Yeah. Yeah, like they, they both kind of grew up in, you know, criminal families and everything. So they, they kind of have that shared aspect to them. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if they'll ever do anything with it again now that Jason's in Texas and the Batgirls are obviously in the, in the hill. But if they ever like try and, you know, play up that uh, relationship a little bit more, I hope they do because I think that would be really cool. But uh, aside from that, thought it was cool. Hope to see more of whatever Two-Face's plan is next. I was a little confused about the timeline of this, and I guess we'll get into that when we talk about Detective Comics later, because um, Two-Face is up to some other stuff elsewhere, so I wasn't sure where exactly this fit in, but aside from that, I thought it was a you know solid ending. Like you said, nothing too bombastic, um, but uh, but decent enough, so 8 out of 10. For me. 8 out of 10 it is. Um, Take it to yeah, you, Rob. Just... As, as much as it is the end, it also doesn't feel like the end. I know we've already speculated about where Harvey Dent could end up next, but you know, when you have the end with a question mark, you really feel like there's mm-hmm. going to be a, a significant yeah. follow-up. Um, right. And speaking of follow-up, I guess I, I might have missed a bit. Did you guys uh, mention about Jason? Oh, him leaving to West Texas, yeah, and like where I mean, I he's mentioned going. It. Say again. So, uh, there, there is. If you see at the back of every issue this week, there is that Joker solo series follow up. Um, ah, who yes, stopped laughing, yes. and it's it looks like uh, that is where we will see Jason next, since he seems to be hunting the Joker. So, maybe that is where he will pop up 
<clears throat> and who knows, maybe Harvey will be there too. Um, I think I think my mind might have skipped over it because I'm still mentally recovering from the last Joker series. Um, yeah. that, <laughs> that would be yeah, interesting like... to see Jason as a part of this uh, this new Joker series. Yeah. All right, I think it's a one shot. I could be mistaken. I think it's. Is it? Let me double check. I think it said it, it was a series. Is... Yeah, new series. That. Yeah, okay. it doesn't say if it's a mini or not. Um, is it is it, it definitely... like a series or is it like a series like Aquaman? Is a series. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like an ongoing for six issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who knows? Who knows these days? <laughs> Period. <laughs> I, it I guess on series. Yeah, series is as long as we want it to last. That's what series. Means. Yeah. I mean, it's Matthew Rosenberg, so I would say that it's probably fair to assume it's 6 to 12. Yeah. Hopefully, yeah. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. He's he's been getting some pretty um, decent runs from DC, man. Yeah. Which I'm I'm all for. I really like Rosenberg. He hasn't disappointed me yet. Um, no, yeah, no. And Domenico doesn't disappoint either. So that no. that has me looking forward to it. Yowza, yeah. I love that Joker. Yeah, yeah, it looks really good. No, ever uh, ever since Hawkeye Freefall, he's been in ascent. Huh. <laughs> I, I I I I was like, that joke's gonna fall flat. I was like, that that joke's gonna fall flat. But I just had to say it. I was that another joke? It. I had to I had to I had to get it off. Wait. <laughs> oh my god oh man I'm on fire tonight <laughs> I need to get quicker on the drop <laughs> um uh yeah so the only thing left open for me as I'm sure is left open for a few other people out in the world but not for Benny is will Mr. Bloom return cause I, I don't want that to be the end of the character I really don't like he as twice now he's, well, he's gone a little insane go? in his story arcs. Yeah. Uh, if that's we don't know. I suspect <laughs> the moon, but we don't really know. <laughs> I I just I love the character of Bloom. He's so creepy and fascinating. I, I there's so much I think you can do with that character still, despite the fact if, that he if, seems very two dimensional. But he's yeah. got layers. Like if they other, if they want to. If they want to, God, like an ogre. Um, yeah. if they, if they, <laughs> Everybody laughs. I do it. I do it. Um, if, if they want to find a way to, Jesus Christ. Oh, first, first Lonely Island and now Shrek. We're just we're breaking new ground tonight. It's incredible. Who knew this would be such a monumental episode? What will happen next? Who knows? I know. <laughs> um i guess what was i um oh if, if they i'm sure if, if they want to bring it back they can find a way to bring it back so i'm sure it won't be the the end end of uh, mr Moore, but, uh, but who knows? Definitely. like i never thought we'd see him again after scott snyder's little yeah. introduction and subsequent yeah ending. here we are yeah yeah uh, i mean it, it it takes care of him but saying eh, yeah. you know he's gone don't worry about it and then if somebody wants to bring him back it's on them to figure out what the fuck how to bring them back. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, so for this issue, it being the last, I gave an 8.5 out of 10. 
I think it was a solid series. I really enjoyed it all the way through. It has ups and downs, but its downs were not really that bad. Um, yeah, so Task Force Zed, definitely read it. Uh, no! It's Why did you say that letter? Why did you say that letter? Oh like my, my god. My, my BVS moment. Okay, that's, so that's my that's my trigger. <laughs> that's my trigger. <laughs> Full disclosure, if you come to Toronto, never fly because the airport here, the three letter code is YYZ. Oh no. Oh, well, no. okay, I mean that that also happens to be one of my favorite rush songs, but like still That's, that's I exactly can't, I can't. where it came from. Oh god, yeah. yeah. Uh yeah, so for all you Americans out there that are are saying Y Y Z for that Rush song, no, no, don't say it, don't say it, it. don't say that, don't say that, don't say that, you horrible man. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of things oh, that man. I wish would die, um, I guess that really goes into our, our last our last book for this week. Tell us um, how you oh really feel. Oh, yeah, that man. was grim. That was very encouraging. Um, this is Tim Drake Robin. I, I thought you were just going to say from one Robin to another, but no. Oh, God, no. no. I, I was I, 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 This is going to be a very, very exciting book. Oh, no. Speaking yeah, of I, things I know that I wish would die. Would die. Yeah. <laughs> die. Um, and unlike, unlike the dead having some kind of entertaining purpose in Sergeant Rock vs. the Army of the Dead, uh, this nah. thing I wish I would just die and, I don't know, like just stay dead and, and remain in a shallow grave. Yeah, um, Brandon wants to kill you grave. until you die from it. Yes, I want to kill you until you're dead. Um, no, so this is Tim Drake Robin, uh, number one, great title, uh, from Megan Fitzmartin, with uh, pencils from Riley Rosmo, a favorite of ours, uh, colors from Lee Lowridge, and letters from Tom Napolitano. So, what is this book about? Tim adjusts to a new life living in a Gotham arena with a bunch of new supporting characters that no one gives a fuck about. Uh, Fitzmartin <laughs> continues to shit on Tim's romantic past with these not-so-subtle jabs at Stephanie while attempting to elevate the milk toast character of Bernard. She's also continuing milk a toast. boring plot thread from the Pride Special Tim Drake short story that I hated. Tim fights a holographic <laughs> orangutan after two of the aforementioned boring supporting cast are killed and then defeats the orangutan with the power of story and a razor i guess then he washes his boat and gets a mysterious package the end okay so full disclosure i wrote this summary on tuesday uh, and i was i was i was in a very very bad mood after reading this so if it sounds really jaded that's why because like literally i finished reading it and i was like fuck this book i sat down i read the i wrote the summary and then i just kind of let it sit there um but, uh, but speaking of this book, fuck this book. Um, the art is subpar, and <laughs> I like Riley. I do. I, no, yeah. literally. I, and I'm, I'm reading exactly what I wrote, like my reaction. My immediate reaction is right here. So you're getting a, you're getting a no-filtered or unfiltered version here. Um, but yeah, the art is subpar, and I like Riley Rosmo in certain contexts. Um, but here it's not working. Story is bland and not even remotely interesting. 
Vince Martin, I assume, hates or has some kind of grudge against Stephanie and the Bat family, despite how important they've been to Tim's life. And the fact that she's writing the next chapter of his life is not at all encouraging. Um, Tim's shitty monologues about building something outside the family is nothing we haven't already seen before, and better, I might add. Elsewhere, aren't you all so glad Tim is Robin again? Now we get stories like this. Aren't you all so glad you traded the Robin title for this? Uh, maybe dying that back is... in 2017 was the smart move after all. Anyways, Ooh. I'm done. I'm not reading this book anymore, podcast or not. Okay, I was really upset. Um, <laughs> five out of ten. Oh, that, that's boy. a little. That's a little much. I, I will probably give it another issue, but um, yeah, I was. I was I was not happy, uh, and I gave this a five out of ten. Which might be the lowest score I've given in a while. Right. So, and you guys can feel free to tell me if if I'm wrong here, but and and I don't think that I am, but I wish that I was. Uh, I think a lot of the what wait, you're wait, calling before stuff. You, before bashing. you begin, before you begin, Go can ahead. I just say how fucked up would it be, Brandon, if this was the book that got Josh to like Riley Rosemont? Oh my god, it would be too, wouldn't it? <laughs> just, just <laughs> the way that the world works, it would be. Like I'm, I'm half expecting him to be like, guys, I loved the art in this book, and I'm like, what the fuck is the world? <laughs> What is the world? This really is the darkest timeline. I know. My God. What happened? Okay, One day you're now, living in now, paradise, and now you're living in darkness. I'm dripping with anticipation. Okay. Well, let's hear it. Yeah. Sorry, you were saying something about Steph? Josh. All right. So, the yeah. Um, first, let me, um, let me relax your fears. Uh, Riley Rosmo's art still blows. Okay, okay, okay. Good. All right. Uh, um, all is right in the world. And so I think I think that this could be an okay story. It's it's exploring Tim outside of a mask. Um, but here here's where I think it's 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 going wrong. It's it. It this it almost feels sticky to say a little bit, but it. I, I want to say that Fitz Martin is doing the Steph bashing in 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 an attempt to to push elevate over Bernard. The, yeah, and yeah, and no, that that leaves thing. a that leaves a bad taste in my mouth because it, it, it's bad to do that when when you're going from one relationship to another, but when you're doing it with a a, a long beloved. Uh, character, even though I, uh, nearly everybody who's been a Tim Drake fan has has pretty much just considered him to be bisexual for the last decade, um, you're putting it into print now. Don't don't do don't do stupid shit like that. Don't 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 make bad decisions stupid like that. Stupid shit. It, it it's don't don't. There's no reason to Steph bash. Um, and it I'm I'm not I'm not as I'm not. I'm not a huge Steph uh, Tim Drake stan like like Brandon is like it, that's that's not the biggest thing for me. I just want good I just want good stories. But you do have to respect how close that they were, even when they weren't in a relationship. They were always the best of friends. So there's no real reason to to continue to just kind of uh, 
Bashaw that off into a corner. Um, other than they that, had this. I, um, I, oh no, sorry. They they had this no, trend. I think in oh god, I want to say it was like maybe during the new Hootie Two or something, where like they were talking about characters that they were planning to reintroduce after the reboot, and everyone was asking because Steph has like a huge following. I I didn't even know this until a couple of years ago. Um, and everyone was asking, like, oh, is she going to make her appearance? And I think, like, Dan and Bio or someone's giving, like, a wishy-washy answer. So in order to bring her back, they had this campaign. You can look it up. It's called Waffles for Stephanie, where they would basically send in, like, wa- like waffles that you can buy from the supermarket to the DC Comics headquarters. And they would just spam their mail offices with them until they got what they wanted, which I think eventually happened. Not saying that you should do that. Um, but they, but they, they made it happen for some reason because um, he had that big of a fan base. So I'm, I'm wondering. Actually, I'm going to see if I can find one of the articles. But I'm wondering if, uh, if, <laughs> if they can't make a way to make that happen again. I'm not saying that you should do it. I'm just saying Waffles if it happened, it would not be the worst thing in the world. <laughs> um, and the, the waffles just thing to is a reference that. to a bad world. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't care if they ever get back together. That's just the honest to God's truth. I couldn't give two shits. But there's no reason to bash one and just to put the other one over, especially when where when you're having that such a big character development happen in print. That's that's definitely the wrong time to make that bad choice. But again, other than that, it could be an okay story, just t- stepping outside of the mask for Tim Drake. Um, obviously, it's the story of uh, where he is heading, like his new direction with a different title or whatever. I guess we'll see. Um, whether the story is a good one or not remains to be seen, because this one was pretty lukewarm as far as setups go. I feel like it's, it's well, it, it is. It's a callback rather than a new plot, which tells me that the story itself won't be the focus at all. Or, uh, <laughs> this probably isn't going to uh, thrill Brandon hearing me say this at all, but at least Bernard seems to have a little bit of sass to him now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> other than just, I mean, the boy read like fucking rice paper. It was just boring as fuck. The art, yeah. even though this, <laughs> the art, even though this looks to be some of Rosmo's best work ever, is just so overwhelmingly bad and distracting that it pulls Wait. from the story even more um, because of the odd shapes and proportions and the consistency of his work. Did you just say the words "This is some of Rosmo's best work ever"? I am I. Yes. Are we in the Twilight Zone? Is no, this the this darkest is, timeline? What's happening? No, this is this is some of Rosmo's best work ever, and it is overwhelmingly bad and distracting, and it pulls from the story because of his odd shapes and proportions and consistency. You guys did not hear anything past the oh no, first I, part. I, I'm just <laughs> I heard the rest, and it makes me even more confused. <laughs> I'm. I'm. The, yes. Oh man. Okay. I need to hear your score first, and then I'll then I'll go off. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay then. Um. Uh. Finally, I. Uh. I think it's funny that they chose the name Sparrow just a couple of weeks ago. We were tossing around the name, uh, tossing around uh, new monikers for Robins, and that was one of them. 
that we threw out there. Uh, uh, will Tim be getting a new name? Will it be Grackle? Grackle. 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 It was an average setup, uh, less than average originality, and just flat out bad art. I gave this an astounding and very well padded 4.75 out of 10. Damn, I am so surprised. Okay. So <laughs> um, you'll see what, I, what I'm surprised at at the end of my review. Uh, so I honestly, I did not catch any of the Stephanie bashing, so I can't speak to any of that, though I've seen it talked about all over the place so I, I firmly believe that it happened i just i didn't read it i don't know what it is uh if, it's it's blatant disrespect it's of their story yeah it's ba- blatant it's disrespect right. of their history yeah and and speaking from a bisexual standpoint myself right here if you want to do a bisexual story you want to do with a pre-existing character that's fine the last thing you want to do and it's just a pet peeve of mine when we're doing this representation don't force it when you force it, it's cheap, and it's weak, and it sucks. And Wait. this is very close to becoming a extremely forced story when you're doing the representation angle. If you're if you're bashing the X for the sake of bashing the X because you're not a fan of her or whatever, or for whatever reason you're bashing her, that feels forced. That feels like you're trying to push this new relationship so hard because you don't even believe that it has two legs to stand on and if you as the writer don't believe it has two legs to stand on just don't friggin do it (laughs) seriously and yeah bernard was at least before that we've seen so far was paper thin personality uh but definitely a little more animated this time um so hopefully hopefully better going forward uh i so for the art, I normally do enjoy Riley or Osmo, but this one was difficult. Uh, the book all around, it just wasn't a great experience. Uh, the the art, I don't know, I, I didn't love it. It it For Rosmo, it wasn't horrible, but nothing looked right in this. Yeah, it's it's definitely does with his art. The coloring was good. The, this as, is as, his as, weakest shit? Son, did you see Robin King? <laughs> yes, but I also read Deathbed, which I thought was very yes. fitting for him, and yeah. let him stretch his legs in the right way. Um, yeah, Deathbed was might have been his best work. Did it? Yes. Do if you if his legs stretch far enough, do they eventually come bigger than pinpoints? <laughs> that is a great philosophical question that uh, even, even the greatest minds could not answer. I think the only person we can ask is Rob Liefeld. I was. I yes. knew you were going to yeah. say that. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Yes. Oh, thank you. That made oh, my day. <laughs> that made um, my day. Horrible, horrible voice for Tim. Uh, it did not feel like Tim Drake whatsoever. It feels like a brand new character. Um, I don't know what the hell was going on there. It just didn't feel right. It felt wrong. A, 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 like, I, so I feel like wrong. I'm. I, you know what it is. I feel like I'm living when I'm reading this book. I feel like I'm living inside of the inside of the head of a twelve year old girl who is who who is just falling in love with my chemical romance. 
It's, it's just so dark. In and 2010? So... Yes. 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 This screams MCR fan, and I know because I'm oh, married to one. Man. Oh, man. <laughs> and that's another, that's oh another God. to read this. To and let me know dead. what you think. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Dylan. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Except, except in Gerard Way. I, you have earned my respects a million yes, times Ger- over. Gerard, but I don't like well, your music. You can never... You can never cross the fans and the artists in the same category. That's yeah. Gerard Way, very respectful. Uh, deep, deep respect to the man. Uh, great yes. work. The fans. I know a lot of the fans. As I said, I'm married to the fan. Uh, I enjoy MCR myself, but there are some people that will take it too far. So I'll do this my research. Like one of them. I, I, will, I will get Ange to read this issue, and I will let you oh know what God. she thinks. And then we'll know for uh, sure if this theory is accurate. <laughs> you you, you, yeah, you yeah. gotta you gotta pull her back to the you gotta pull her back to the Tim the the big Tim issue the. No, uh... oh, in the the Pride special. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. Yeah. She wants to read those two, so that that'll be easy mm. to. Yeah, we'll do that. Uh, yeah. There's not uh, much in between the two, so. No. 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 There's a really awkward Young Justice story for some reason. Um. Waffles versus so actually speaking of that that pride uh special story uh that that's where the plot kind of comes together with this whole mystery dealing with classical stories and uh classic authors we've had some stuff from poe um that might be the only thing i'm enjoying here is the mystery but it is such a mild mystery that it is it just it's so boring. It's boring like Bernard was. <laughs> That's uh, yeah. Want another parallel. That that twelve year old that that stuck with the MCR. Um, she, she's she's been writing a, a Scooby Doo episode, and that's what this is. Oh, and it's fitting because. Bernard is a 2000s character, if, uh, if I'm remembering yeah. my timeline correctly. So and there's it, it holographic, all, there's all holographic white elephants, and then there's uh, what? Yeah. What were those ridiculous chaos demons or whatever? Yeah. Oh, so if that theory is correct, chaos monster. That was it. That, chaos that monsters. The person behind all this is the man, the old man that owns the marina. <laughs> oh man it's the only way right. and i swear to god if that's the freaking case <laughs> old man jenkins and it i would have gotten be. away with it as whatever <laughs> yeah he and that's a, the, the the whole thing will get all done and everything and it's not solved yeah. as robin it's solved as tim drake with help yeah. of bernard and and that's exactly what happens. Jenkins like I would have got no way with it if it wasn't for you, oh my rascally God. kids. Yeah. <laughs> so they, they, they catch him at the Iris end. They rip out. off the mask. It's old man Jenkins, and he takes off yeah. his mask, and it's extant. And he takes off his mask, it's and it's Captain Adam. If extant <laughs> showed up in this book, <laughs> this, this score for this series would go through the roof and in space. <laughs> but, how theory, how right? far would it go if Exton took his mask off and it was Telos? <laughs> I and literally then, like then then to be off. It would go it would be, go beyond our known universe into <laughs> presumably another universe. Yeah, 
It, it would go so high up into the sky, Mr. Mix's Pitalik would see it. Yes, it would literally break into another dimension. That is how high my score would be for this book if secretly it was extant, secretly Talos this entire time. It, it would uh, pass by Wade Wilson and he'd slap his buddy James in the arm and says, look, Cyclops, it's that. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I just, I so want to see that. I so want to see someone pull <laughs> a reveal like that just out of their ass the last yeah. second. The, for for reference, folks, we were talking in our, our Discord chat earlier today about a theory I read online. I'd, I'd credit the person, but I, I don't remember the name. Oh of what if uh, <clears throat> Extance was the, or Telos was the one behind Dark Crisis all along. And then Brandon and I both thought, uh, what if Extant showed up? And Telos was extant all along, yes. and then it was just a all terrain of his extant takes off his mask. Captain Adam takes off his mask. It's Hank Hall takes off his mask. It's Telos, and then takes off that mask. It's Dan Dio. He's never fired. It was him all along. Takes off his mask. It's <laughs> Jeff Johns. Because why the hell not? Uh, yeah. Yes. And all of a sudden, please, it's the most meta comic book in existence. That would be the greatest comic you have ever read in your life. Yes. <laughs> like Watchmen. <laughs> From hell, whatever. This <laughs> incredible. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Side note, and really not up for like not trying to put it on the debate table, but if you like try to put uh, if you put uh, some scales on the table there and you put Watchmen on one side and From Hell on the other, and you expect them to balance out, you're out of your goddamn mind. <laughs> from hell <laughs> from hell is so much better than the watchman and i i like the watchman but i feel like there's not n- there's nowhere near enough people that have read from hell and, yeah. and oh my god it's, talk a, about, it's a dark one it's a good one though it's so good it's written so well hmm. well speaking of things that are written well let's get back to tim Wait. drake robin yes. number one the greatest book uh, that ever was. <laughs> <laughs> Grackle. Um, <laughs> the Grackle. I actually, that was, that was the next thing I was going to bring up is a new moniker. I realized, at, uh, and I actually brought this up to, to you guys the other day, but then I forgot to actually finish saying it. Um, I think I figured out what the new moniker, if they do the new moniker, is. <clears throat> so there was, in this issue, a brief glimpse of a, perhaps, new costume with different colors, the still an R, leading you to believe that it's still a Robin costume. But they're going with classical mysteries, old poets, Edgar Allan Poe was referenced. And what is Edgar Allan Poe's most famous story? Don't, don't say the raven. Don't say the raven. Oh. Uh, okay, tell tell heart then. Oh my god, that's so funny because honestly, Josh, when I put this scenario in my head, you were saying the Telltale Heart. <laughs> That's freaking well. weird. And I was going to say, I would call that a very close second, only behind Quoth the Raven Nevermore. Quoth the Raven Nevermore. And I would not put it past this team right now to just have Tim be Raven. No, well, what's going to happen? <laughs> what's what's going to happen when what's going to happen when Raven shows up for their Teen Titans reunion and she says, "Wait a minute, what the fuck? 
How can you be Raven? This is, this is, I'm Raven. You stole my shit. And yeah, now he goes my battle bird. right now. Yeah. I challenge you to a wizard. And he's school. like, "Well, I'll call myself Magpie." <laughs> oh shit! Somebody yeah. is already. Uh, so, um, uh, then I'll be the crow. Oh wait, no, there's a legal problem uh, there. Yeah, uh, yeah uh, you're just gonna I, call me Little a... Blackbird. That's you call me Little Blackbird. <laughs> yeah, Little Blackbird. I like a Little Blackbird. So, sounds like a rapper name. <laughs> Tim Drake turned into Chris Tucker. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh god! Yeah, so I I hope I'm wrong. Don't be Raven because that's not right. That there was another bird that that started with R that also kind of dark, and I don't remember what I was thinking. So it was a few days ago. Uh, and I just completely, quickly forgot about this book because I scripted it from my memory. So, <laughs> not a bad uh, idea. Yeah, the mystery is the only interesting part, but the mystery is kind of dull. Uh, let's hope issue two is better. This one got what I think might be the lowest score I've ever given, and surprisingly, is actually lower than both of you. I gave it a four point five out of ten. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was Fuck trying to be book. nice. Yeah, Fuck I, I this book. Nice. Give I, it a I am big nice 90% of the time. I could be mean you. once. Yep. That's it. Yes, yes, yes. More booze. More? Booers. More. More. <laughs> uh, uh, all right. Well, we are going to take a brief commercial break, uh, but we will be right back to cover the rest of our books for this week. So stay tuned. Now back to our program. And we're back and we're going to kick off our main reviews with Deathstroke Inc. Number 13. Josh, take it away. I don't want to. <laughs> All right. Rob, take it away. <laughs> <laughs> All right, written by Ed Brisson with art with art from Dexter Soy that's colored by Veronica Gandini and lettered by Steve Wands, wrapped in a cover from Mikel Yanin. It's uh, it's year one, part four. After following ten stories and giving the ground a good splat, Slade Wilson wakes up in, <laughs> in a morgue uh, completely intact with no damage to his body whatsoever while undergoing the beginning of a coroner's examination. Slant, uh, Slade is not a big fan of that. Uh, threatens the location of... Um, threatens the threatens the coroner to get the location of his uh, armor and his weapons. Then, of course, he goes after them, steals a car, goes after them, and then uh, runs that cop car that had his armor and weapons off of the road, flipping it over onto its top in order to hijack his stuff back next stop is to wintergreen who's been getting drunk as hell trying to get the courage up to tell his wife Addie that Slade had hit the pavement literally really fast so he uh he, he needs to sober up now but he's only handing his keys over to Slade if he calls Addie first both happen sobering up with bad coffee at a local cafe that's where Wintergreen tells Slade that he's going to complete the contract to give them the money, and Slade doesn't seem too impressed with that. The phone call led to Slade finding out that he's going to be a dad again, 
and Slay doesn't seem too happy about that. Next, it is suit up time, and Deathstroke and Chewing Gum go out after. F- er. <laughs> He's nice got to have a code wow. name. I'm just yeah. saying. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> they Next go out after Double Mint. Double Mint, exactly. Double Mint. Hubba bubba. <laughs> nah, that's that's a little that's a little that's a little too goofy for winter. Yeah, yeah that's. That's not the kind of code name you want on a deadly so mission. Yeah, bubble Definitely not bubblelicious. <laughs> no. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> stripper name. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. So it's it's time to suit up Deathstroke and Wintergreen. I almost called them chewing gum again. They, uh, <laughs> they go out after finishing the contract, as one would expect of a hitman, especially with two kids and a wife that he needs and owes a really big apology for. The problem is, he's uh, the, the target is being held in a prison in Bear Valley, California. Wintergreen says the, the logical thing, which is, you know, wait it out. He's got to be pulled out of the prison at some point to go to trial. Deathstroke says, well, yeah, but, you know, I need to see this through, so, you know, I'm here. Uh, That's basically his attitude. Then Wintergreen sees some dudes scaling the walls, which he assumes is the backup plans for Deathstroke not being Deathstroke enough. And he uh, takes off, saying he's not going to let them get his money. Ruh-roh-roh-roh, Deathstroke's so soy's art is fucking fantastic you can you can see the revolt and the disdain in wintergreen's face as he drinks the coffee that he calls gross every yes. panel is just as pretty as that i i absolutely adore the moment where he goes why did i drink that again thinking it was going to be different because i <laughs> i know everyone has had an experience like that where you just you go yep. for it again without even thinking and you're just like oh this still sucks yep what am yep. i doing <laughs> needing needing coffee will make you do weird things yeah <laughs> <laughs> i am uh Aside from Soy's art being outstanding, Brisson is writing one hell of a story. When I heard about this, the Deathstroke origin story, I was not impressed. I was happy to hear Brisson and Soy, which, well, now they feel as though they were made for each other, and Gandini's colors just set their shit off. But um, not this is this is a real fleshed out origin story. It's done phenomenally well. With respect to Deathstroke, the character and his history, um, I'm seeing a lot of it pull from uh, you know being family oriented, and th- that I totally believe about Deathstroke. It's a damn good story to boot. I fucking love it, man. I gave it a nine out of ten. Yeah, ten for me. Pretty much echo uh, everything you said, and I, I still say that uh, Ed Brisson uh, has a really great voice for for Deathstroke, in as much as you can Absolutely. have a voice for a horrible murderer um but i think he just does a great job with it so eight out of ten mm-hmm. oh, yeah. uh yes such a surprisingly good story still uh i, I don't think anybody would have expected um a deathstroke origin, origin story to be so fascinating the art is great oh. the covers are amazing you <laughs> cannot go wrong with this story arc the whole series so far has been 
really good across both creative teams. Uh, and I'm just curious if, if this story arc was brought in as filler due to Dark Crisis and Ed Brisson just had a fantastic story ready to go, or is this going to have ramifications somehow in the future? Yeah, I, I hope the latter. Uh, I'd be cool with there being carryover somehow. Yeah. yeah, I hope the latter. Yeah, I'm I'm all for that. Uh, so I gave this a nine out of ten. I really enjoyed this one. Sick. Well, while we're in high spirits, I think it's good to keep those high spirits up, and our hope our next book will continue that. It is Detective Comics ten sixty four, written of course by Rom B with art from Raphael Albuquerque and colors from Dave Stewart and not going to forget the letters from Ariana Mar. This will seem like a shorter summary. I always say that. Not short. Um, but trust me, there's a lot to talk about. Um, we begin our story uh, as all stories begin a long time ago in the desert. Uh, we flash back to a time when Damien was being trained by his mother Talia and Talia is regaling him with the tale of Farhad e Parethi's a mystical soldier of old who had stood up to gods and was so incredible and so powerful that the gods once eventually began to envy him and set him on an impossible task, one that would put him all the way uh, through the desert um, and away from his love. Um, he was able to complete his task, though not without a little bit of help from the sun god, but unfortunately in accepting Helk. Helk? Oh my god. What was that? <laughs> Accepting help from the gods. Um, I, I, I must have been thinking about milk and help. Um, and I combined help, I need milk. Two. Yeah, I need milk. Um, I need milk, help. On fire. Um, anyway, Parathes um, is, is humbled um, due to his task. I must Cobra ask King. for... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I must ask for help from the gods, uh, but unfortunately in doing so and completing his task, uh, by crossing the desert, he lost the love of his life and uh, thus renounced the gods and promised that he would stand at the edge of the desert until he passed. Uh, this is a minor point, but uh, Raphael Albuquerque's art here is a tribute to Sergio Topi, and it is just breathtaking. I mean, I, oh, I just can't stop yeah. looking at it. It is just incredible. 100%. Sergio Topi, for those who are unfamiliar, Italian artist, incredible, uh, incredible uh, creator uh, during his time. Um, but this story sort of serves At the purpose Sergio of Talia's... Sergio Tapi Art on Instagram, yeah. just in case anybody's yes. just in case anybody's exactly. interested in going and checking out. Mm -hmm. It's gorgeous, gorgeous. Which gorgeous. you definitely should. Um, but uh, this story serves a larger purpose, which is Talia's theme, um, which is that times have changed uh, since the days of Farhad. We now live in a time where we know that uh, you know women are not just wives. And men, particularly powerful men, can be broken, which is the perfect way to segue to a Bruce Wayne who has his body damn broken um, and is being told this by the doctor, um, who is just astonished that he is still standing. Um, but for all of his broken bones and shattered whatevers, he still seems to be in decent health, although he's really been concerned about his mental health lately. The doctor suggests that it may be something related to panic attacks, though, of course, Bruce refutes this. With the perfect line, panic attacks my ass. Um, Bruce decides that medicine really just ain't worth his time and he needs to put his, uh, his skills to better use. So he ends up heading to the apartment of one of the Moroni goons who had been working at the docks the night that he heard the mysterious music. He asks him about the mysterious music 
to which the goon replies that he knows nothing about that, but he does know about the man with the mysterious tattoo, a man who apparently had, you know, some uh, connection to something else, but was someone that the other guys, the Maroney guys, didn't know. Bruce leaves before the cops can bust him for just completely obliterating this perp, but he knows exactly what this mysterious tattoo is. Uh, the the uh, goon had mentioned that it was some kind of dog, floppy ears, or maybe horns, which Bruce automatically knows that it's a jackal. Tracing the origins of this jackal back to its its original point, it's not hard to find. Once he gets there, he discovers at the scene of the crime, Talia al Ghul, who challenges him to a fight, and really, even though it seems like she's the antagonist here, is trying to protect Bruce. Uh, and in doing so, she decides to blow up a damn building on him, because obviously when you want to protect someone, you try and cover them and, uh, and drown them in rubble. It's, it's, it's what anyone would do. Uh, we cut to the Gotham uh, docks yeah. where they are... I mean, I mean, yeah, that's, that's what I would do. When I protect my loved ones, I, I blow up whatever building they're in, and I say, figure out your own damn way out of here, but I expect you're going to be here for a while, so you'll be safe. It's, it's logical, obviously. Uh, but we cut obviously. to Gotham... Obviously. We cut to Gotham's piers, where the city is eagerly awaiting the envoy from the Orgum family, specifically Prince Arzen of the Orgum family, um, and one of the members of the Orgum family met previously, Gael, uh, is sneaking aboard the boat uh, to let the rest of the uh, envoy know uh, that the League of Assassins will be planning an attack, but they're going to let this happen. They're not going to retaliate in any way, because it's all part of their master plan. And now we just have to sit back and wait for Gotham to do what it will. Uh, and we get one final scene that was, at least to me, very reminiscent of Batman R.I.P., where a hand emerges from the rubble of the destroyed arena, and it's Batman firing his grappling gun, sailing off towards the pier, presumably. Um, I'm going to briefly go over the Jim Gordon story first, and then I'll kind of give my thoughts on the entire issue, um, just in the interest of time. Um, but uh, the Jim Gordon story just kind of continues what we had from Dakota, where Jim... Jim where Commissioner Jim Gordon, ex-commissioner, whatever, I, I feel weird calling him Jim. We're not friends. Um, but anyway, How do you, Jim. Wow. I thought you were a friend. Does, yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. I, I, I just, just, you know. Put I that mean, shit out on our, the air for everyone to know. I mean, and we, you, we, you know we this is going to get back moments. to Jim. I know. We had our close moments. But I, I, I just don't heck? know if we're really close like that. Um, but anyway, Good. Jim is uh, investigating <laughs> um, the explosion at a St. Cyprin's uh, shelter. Um, and he <laughs> finds Detective Urquhart, the man who had set him... Uh, on the start of this mystery uh, at the beginning of our first chapter um, and he's sort of giving Urquhart kind of an ultimatum and trying to figure out just what the hell is going on and Urquhart reveals that he is possessed by the same mysterious energy that Sal Maroney was possessed by in the first issue of uh, this Gotham Nocturne arc uh, he is seemingly subdued by Urquhart until uh, the mysterious intervention of the child within the walls who is able to not excise whatever mysterious energy is in Urquhart, but at least put him down enough um, so that he can be subdued later. Uh, Jim decides that this is as good a time as any to make a deal and start setting stakes in the future uh, because it appears that things are going on in Gotham that really need his hand uh, in, in dealing with them. And so he decides the only way to make that happen 
is to go into the private eye biz with his good old friend Harvey Bullock. Uh, now they're going to be taking on the mysterious and underappreciated uh, and overlooked cases within Gotham, uh, as well as adopting uh, this woman or young child uh, that he has uh, he's rescued from the ruins of Arkham uh, for the time being. But Jim has now found his purpose uh, in the wake of everything that happened with the Joker and is going to be doing his best to help out the disenfranchised and overlooked people of Gotham, which I think is the perfect place for Jim to be right now. And I very much hope we get more stories for this. So, Rom V's story, I could go on and on about this, and I expect I will uh, when the last issue of this arc comes out. Um, but this book is just, it's incredible. The first thing that came to mind, and this is going to sound incredibly dramatic, uh, but was the word that came to mind for me at least was inspiring. Because I, I'm sure you guys have heard this before uh, in the past, but many times people have said, you know, Batman, everything has already been done with him. There's nothing new that can be done. You know, who cares? He's, he's played out at this point. But I would point to stories like this and say, no, there's still there are still ideas and there are still themes that can be reached and touched with um, with the character. And, and I think Romby is just just doing an amazing job with it. Like, I don't even have the words for it. Um, but it's 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 just breathtaking. Um, and, and the way that he's Swinging working with Raphael run. Albuquerque is just incredible. Like, I mean, I've seen him do his, you know, his best work with with Scott Snyder or, or so I thought. And then I looked at these you know, these flashback mythology pages. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, why was he not doing this all along? Like, it's incredible. Um, so this this is just an incredibly well put together book, one that is constantly keeping me on the edge of my toes. So excited to just have a, a mystery that I'm excited about, that I you know, want to see how it's all going to come together. Um, and uh, really looking forward to how this is going to wrap up while also seeing how it's going to play out in the future. Because obviously, Ron B is staying on the book after... Uh, the end of this first arc. So nine out of 10 for me. Absolutely loved it for the first story. Backup story. Also really good. Just an incredible Jim Gordon story from Simon Spurrier and really great art from Danny too. I'm hoping that there's a way they can spin this off into another book, but we'll ultimately have to see, but I would really kill for a Jim Gordon book from this team. Cause I think that would just knock it out of the park. So backup story got an 8.5, but I'm feeling kind today. So I'm going to give the whole issue a nine out of 10. Right, right on. on. Um, this t for me, it's this isn't a masterpiece in all things Batman, but what it is is a pretty damn cool look at Batman, um, at the the poetry that is Batman. And if that sounds weird to say, read the book and you'll understand what I mean. Um, there's a lot of parallels from what's going on in here with Batman and with other things. Um, the indomitable will of Batman, all of it. I love it. Um, we don't need bombastic. We just need good. Uh, and, and this this is better than good. This is great. And we need good art. And, and this is this is better than good art. This is great, even if some of it was stolen. But uh, the first part is it is real good. I enjoyed it. The backup. What a crazy good Gordon story. I'm ready to read more right now. Um, I gave it across the board a 8 out of 10. Hello? 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 Oh, did you finish? I thought you cut out for a second. 
No, I said I gave it an eight out of ten. Uh, it, it cut out like you said eight, and then that yeah. was it. Yeah, I thought I thought you were gone from this plane. Yeah. Oh no, not yet. Okay. If that happens, you just listen for the thunk, because I <laughs> there should oh. be one. <laughs> oh. If you hear the thunk, then worry about me being not on this Fair plane enough. anymore. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that makes sense. I was hoping you'd, you'd just materialized into a better dimension than this one. Oh, yes. I'll be stuck in this one, but as a genie. A, a, yeah. a dimension where, you know, we we had a third Batman movie from Tim Burton. Oh, God. That would be a dream. <laughs> okay, so, Tech. It'd be a dream if there was one laying around on the damn mm-hmm. floor of the studio somewhere. But yeah. Yes, sorry, Tech. The Some somewhere in the vaults. Uh, see, apparently, apparently. Oh gosh. <laughs> uh, so apparently this, uh, this arc is almost done, and it just doesn't feel like it because there's so much going on. Uh, and I feel like it. It it's like a multi-part story. I don't know. We'll see. Because it just. It feels like there's so much left open, but it's fantastic. I'm loving it. It's a very exciting arc. Uh, doesn't feel like much happened in this issue, but it still raised a lot of excitement. Like there, there wasn't like the Orgum showed up. Bruce was diagnosed with panic attacks, and then he talked and fought with Talia. That that seemed to be pretty much it. Only interrogated some guy in a ski mask, but that. Compared to most things you get in, in other issues to Detective Comics or Batman, it just, it's not a lot of moments, but it it's just so exciting. Um, that is by no means is a negative. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It's just an observation I made. Um, I Fair did enough. not get a chance to read the uh, Jim Gordon backup. Oh, uh, so yeah, but it's definitely something I will visit because I very much enjoyed the, the first parts. Uh, all in all, though, I, I'll give it a nine out of ten. Uh, just like Deathstroke, Inc., it it's just so friggin' fantastic. I love it. Well, we're still in these high spirits, but maybe it's time to bring it down a little bit as we uh, make our return from War World. So I'm going to pass it over to Rob for our oh, last book don't... of the week: Action Comics ten forty seven. When the hell did Detect? Oh, okay. I was gonna say when the hell did Detective Comics pass the numbering for Action Comics? Because Action hit a thousand first, but yeah, they had the. I think it was the Tower. Right? It was weekly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's right. weird. I didn't right? even realize. Yeah. yeah. It, it yeah. was back and forth with each other. All right. Uh, this is Action Ten Forty Seven Part One of Kal-El Returns. This is written by Philip Kennedy Johnson with art from Ricardo Federici. Colors from Lee Lawridge, letters from Dave Sharp, and a absolute gorgeous cover from Steve Beach. Uh, so one week prior to the beginning of our story, a woman visits Straker's Island to see a robotic man named Johnny. Uh, this woman happens to be Johnny's sister, and she's visiting him to try and boost his uh, his spirits, if you will, a little bit. And just show her support and apologize, saying that she should be the one here because he's such a good man. He does so much for the world. This should not be his fate. He is much better than this. 
and if he could, if she could trade places with him, she would. Um, and maybe she can try and get them to take better care of you, and he just says no. Uh, and that's where it ends for there, as we see some giant planet moon type thing clouded in red uh, and lightning headed towards something. And then we jump to one week later, there are these armed bandits, which may or may not be intergang in some kind of tank, uh, driving down the streets of Metropolis. That's what I was thinking. Crushing everything in their head, in, in their path. Um, but they are stopped by none other than good old Superman. He's back, ladies and gents, and in full force, he stops it with a badam, and then he gets kachoomed, and it goes blam, and then somebody goes, wah! And the bridge blows up. Yeah. Lots of sound effects. So a uh, family in her car uh, starts to fall off the bridge and Superman catches them. And they're so incredibly grateful. And in true Superman fashion, he makes sure the kids are okay. And the kid offers him his flash dog plushie. Superman says, no, you hold on to that, but there's one thing you can do for me. Keep wearing your seatbelt, son, just like you did now. It's going to keep you alive just like it did, and it always will, so make sure you do that for me, okay? And in such a class... It's so, so genuine of a man. Yes. so oh, quintessentially Superman. Yes, that was perfect. So he flies off uh, to, uh, I would say, parts unknown, but where he's actually headed is a UN meeting because uh war world has come with him as we will find out later on um and the residents of war world some of which wish to make earth their new home because their home planets are either gone or they're just so out of touch with what happened that they they would just like to repay uh the debt that superman has given them by bringing new treasures to earth and and trying and help make the world a better place as well as the technologies from War World, thanks to the help of Natasha and John Henry Irons, will help benefit the planet as a whole. But the United Nations are there holding this hearing where the entire Superman family, including John, Kara, Steele, uh, both Steele's Natasha and John Henry, and Connor Kent himself, have joined Cal uh, on the stage as the people of Earth are kind of weary about the fact that War World is on the the outskirts of earth atmosphere i guess you'd want to call it so superman addresses the nation and lets them know everything i've already said that there's nothing to fear nothing to worry about and we are doing everything we can to make it right uh to which lex luther is also watching this dress and then decides to check something out that uh that may impact what's called project blackout which we have not heard yet uh, so he uploads a neural imprint to satellite Barilaz 9 uh, up in space. I imagine one of his satellites where there is a suit of Lexosuit armor that uh, he kind of holograms himself into to get a closer look to War World and takes a look at all that's there. And in his perspective, looks like a desolate land where Superman has become a pseudo-dictator and says this is exactly uh, why... I'm doing what I'm doing because if I wasn't here fighting against Superman, this is what would happen to Earth. Uh, and I'm going to investigate a little more because I know what I'm looking for. Uh, I know where to find it. Here it is. He finds a... F 
Uh, was that the father box? I don't remember the name of it now. Um, orphan box. Orphan box. That's it. I was getting confused with... Uh, well, what is the thing that has father box in it? Uh, Young Justice, I think. Was it Young Justice? Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think yeah. it's... Is that the only place that's showing up, though? That's the only thing that's coming to mind right now. Father box, yeah. I don't know. Oh, well, this one's an orphan box. That's what matters. Mm. He finds an orphan box and takes it back to Earth with himself. Uh, back on Earth, Clark and Lois are flying around, having a beautiful little moment against the sunset in the sky and talking about the family they had before him, before them. Uh, the the two children that, uh, um, that Clark brought with him, Otho and Osel, um, are refugees. Their families are gone. So he has brought them with him to live with them. And they, they makes them both kind of reminisce about John and how much they missed. Uh, and just the, the queries and commotions they might have uh, having this new family. But they know no matter what happens, they will do it together. And back at Strikers Island, the robotic man is visited by none other than Lex Luthor, where it was revealed it is actually John Corbin, Metalo himself, and Luthor and John, while they do have a history, uh, Luthor proceeds to uh, just talk to John and, and ignore his pleas of get out um, to say that, look, I can make things better for you. We've had a common enemy in the past and common goals, and I have a way to make that better, make you a man of extraordinary talents, and gifts him the orphan box. And in the backup, which is brought to us again from writer Philip Kennedy Johnson, but art from David Lapham, colors from Trish Mulvihill, and letters from Dave Sharp. This is Red Moon Part 1. Uh, on In one of the apparently many fortresses of solitude, uh, Connor, Kara, and John Henry are with Thaula, who has finally woken up, thanks to uh, Kellex and I believe the help of John Henry bringing her back. Uh, Superman at this point is still not back, and it has been months since she was last awake. But she is healthy and safe. And just then, there's a loud rumble, and Kellex reports that sea levels outside the fortress have risen sharply. There is debris falling into the ocean around them, and there's something headed directly for the fortress. So all four of the supers head outside where they find that War World is headed straight for them, uh, and they begin to wonder... Uh, if maybe Cal failed in his task, Thaula has enough strength to fly and fight as well, so the four of them head off. Connor and Kara start to think, what if she's right and Cal el failed? What if he's dead? But they refuse to believe that. But before they can get too close, Superman and the Authority appear before them, saying that everything's fine, it's all good. They embrace with a hug and find that everything is right in the world. Except... Aww for one little thing two of mongols enforcers that that little guy who was missing the arms and legs i don't remember his name um, he is teleported to earth with oh, i just realized there was more than one i thought it was just one enforcer there but there's a couple of big brooding guys with chains that have teleported to metropolis to get revenge against the one called superman so this is a fantastic return to Kal-El. It honestly feels like he never left at this point. Uh, Philip Kennedy Johnson has such a great voice for Clark. It was so well written. I cannot wait to see more. 
we got a six-part story, I believe, ahead of us before we get to Action 1050. It's going to be a fun ride, I bet. It's just so well written. And the, and the backup, finally, we actually get that follow-up to what's happening with Thou Law. Even though last time we saw them, it was promised in um, War World Apocalypse, I think was the name of that one shot at the end. But we got it here. Uh, can't complain. Very simple to the point. Very well done. I enjoyed the whole damn thing, and I cannot wait for more. Philip Kennedy Johnson is certainly not slowing down, and the art throughout the book, as ever, is fantastic. The, the pencils from Federici, just so damn good. And I, I already boasted about the cover. You can't go wrong with that cover either from Steve Beach. This is a 9 out of 10. I think I might even, after all this boasting, I might even give it a 9.5 out of 10. Yeah, no, this, this was just good. yet another incredible issue. The art from Federici was a little muddy at points, but really for me, just phenomenal stuff. And the backup, too, is definitely exciting to see, um, or will be exciting to see what will uh, happen next there um, with all the repercussions there. So a uh, whole issue got an 8.5 out of 10 for me. Um, It was a pretty damn good one for me. Uh, first off, I mean, holy shit is going to give Metallo an orphan box. That's, that's insane. I can't imagine what's going to happen from there. Um, uh, it's, it's amazing. The, the backup, I, the backup, I honestly felt like it was a little weak, um, bringing back people from more world so quickly just feels like weak sauce. Um, that's as far as I got. For, that's that's all I got for Active Comics. You guys have said pretty much everything else. Um, I gave the backup a seven. I gave the uh, the, the the upfront part an eight point five. I'm rounding it out for a solid eight for the whole issue. Right on. Very nice. All right. Uh, well, do we want to transition now to our biggest stinker? Um, yeah, I think that uh, I think that'll I think that'll do. All right. Do it's top, time top to wrap this first, or yeah. Well, okay. I, well, Josh, I, I did just text you. I have to run out like at exactly oh, seven thirty. Okay. Sorry. I, okay. Uh, fair enough. Fair enough. I. Fair enough. I yeah. I, I. I didn't realize it was gonna go this long. Um, yeah. That's so. all right. Well, I'll tell you what, Brandon. Why don't you give us your top three and your biggest stinker real quick? Okay. So biggest stinker. No surprise. Tim Drake Robin. Number one. Garbage. Enough said. Uh, top three. Uh, number one. Detective Comics. Number two. Action Comics. Number three. Deathstroke Inc. Number thirteen. Favorite moment easily has to be the uh, Farhad sequence in Detective Comics. So excellent stuff there. Um, but uh, yeah, Tim Drake, what a dud. Okay. <laughs> well, all I right, trust you Brandon. guys to wrap it well. I think no we can. I think we've got it handled, man. You go have yeah, fun. Sir. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Very I nice. will. Uh... I will uh, go ahead and let you to tell me what yours is here first, Rob. Okay, uh, so my top three is a little out of the box. Uh, number three, honestly, oh. I had Nice House in the Lake because it's a return after a little brief stint. 
Uh, we're in the final three issues now, the end of the story, and it blew my mind more than most of the other books I've read so far this week. I, I still have a few other issues in our honorable mentions list to get through, uh, like uh, The White Knight, Beyond the White Knights, DC Mech, um, but Nice House just blew me away yet again uh, number two i had sergeant rock been waiting a long time for this it's finally here and i'm very happy and number one i had action comics can't go wrong with little cal l returns written by fellow kennedy johnson it's been a fun ride there too and for favorite moments uh, i had two uh, i couldn't really pick between them uh dc versus right. vampires uh you had ollie sniping down the vamps i thought it was it was just such a badass moment yeah, was, was cool, right? <laughs> yeah this one yeah, guy yeah. just with bow and arrow just killing hordes of vampires fuck yeah exactly uh and as well in sergeant rock um when one of the zombies gets loose and they're okay fight him up boys and then there's all of them just dogpile <laughs> on this one zombie that was it was so fun so much fun yeah I, I would have one more from action comics i already mentioned but i'm not going to take it away <laughs> i already had too many favorite moments yeah um oh by all means go ahead and share it because mine did not come from action comics okay yeah uh, honestly it was also just cal just kneeling down to that boy I said don't forget wear your seatbelt. like so quintessential classic golden age superman what what right. a, a heartfelt moment so good Oh, yes. Wholesome. Wholesome is the word I've been trying to remember. It's such a wholesome time. <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. Classic Superman. Exactly. That's the way to say that. Uh, all right. Well, my top three, um, stepping outside of the normal review that we had this week, like Rob did, my first one is going to go to Deathstroke. Gave that a nine this week. My second place, however, is going to have to go to uh, Nightmare Country. And the third, excuse me, Nice House on the Lake. And then third is going to go to Nightmare Country. Right. Man alive, both of those series are just freaking awesome. Yeah. And I got to uh, I really hope Isaiah starts reading Nice House and likes it. Because <laughs> I think we'd all have a blast talking together about oh, it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. I've told them about it before. I'm sure Brandon's told them too. Yeah. Um, my favorite moment though is gonna be um, in inside of uh, Detective Comics. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, where it says, uh, with apologies to Topi, it uh, Topi being Sergio Topi, um, of who uh, Albuquerque did a. Did a, 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 a just a blatant tribute drawing in in one of his in, in Topi's well known styles. It is it is just absolutely gorgeous. Um, uh, 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 a, a near flawless reproduction of 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 what Topi's work would look like, and it um it just I I I miss Topi. I, I he was a he was a he was a hell of an artist and. Um, uh, it it was it was really weird and 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 also cool to see his art on the page here. Um, so that 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 was my favorite moment. Right what? Yeah, that was good. What? What was your biggest stinker, Rob? 
<laughs> we're, 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 we're we pooping in stalls next to each other oh maybe <laughs> I can't believe how shitty Tim Drake uh, Robin is it is yeah. Uh, yeah it's damn unfortunate it yeah, I mean, you know what though? It, okay, so there's there's um, let's see here, we've got Tim Drake Pride Special, we've got Tim Drake Robin, we've got Dark Crisis Young Justice, um, feel like there were a couple other ones. I know that there were a couple other ones. Oh, Bendis Young um, Justice. Uh, uh, Dark Crisis Young Justice what I'm thinking of is things that uh, Megan Fitzmartin has written that have oh, sucked okay. oh, I thought you were just like all the appearances Tim's had in the past few years that, that just all around sucked Yeah, and we no, haven't no, had this, a good this Tim the representation we... since uh, I think it was Tomasi that did Detective Comics right or was it Tynan well, when Tynan Tyne, Tyne did, um, kind of Tynan at a time brought everybody back in. Yeah, they're in his dark designs. And I mean, like when every, during that, everybody that period was where like they had like Night of the Monster de-aged. Men, and the um, like Clayface was on the team. That during that time. I think that was the last time Tim was written well. Oh, last time he was written well? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that sure as shit wasn't when Tynan was on the list. <laughs> um, not even close. Yeah, I did actually have a, a uh, kind of maybe actual biggest thinker because at least Tim Drake... It intrigues me with the mystery <laughs> but tim drake is definitely on there it is it is slash tim drake um i, I still want to honorable mention stinker uh justice league versus legion of superheroes because once again i flip through it and i land on one panel that just makes me go what the hell are you writing and, and that's when, when the guardians are there with the gold lantern and they they just they gave vandal savage some sass just some sarcasm and it was so out of character i don't care if that they're like a thousand years in the future it was there's no way the guardians are acting like that <laughs> they're they're uh, omnipresent beings almost that they they don't give a shit about the machinations of a a, a regular he's immortal sure but a human being nonetheless it's, it's just so out of character oh my god no mega sense. Thank God that's done. <laughs> Indeed. And yeah. speaking of being done, I suppose that is one way to describe this episode. We've given you the ups, downs, ins, outs, left and rights, and tops and bottoms of this week's releases with DCs. Too bad we couldn't hang around for another three hours and talk about all the other books that we just barely grazed upon this week yeah. 
But alas, there are only so many hours in the day. I have other imprints to read from, you know. <laughs> so with all that said, we'd like to thank you for hanging around with us, listening and talking about comic books. And as always, there is only one way that we say goodbye around here. Be good to yourself. Be good to each other. And don't be a robot. I haven't told you guys, but like I've had a, a Hal Jordan and a Sinestro figure just in front of my monitor since I moved in. And every recording, I've just been playing with them. Which and one is it? Something new. Do you know? Which yeah, which figure, um, like, design is it? I know they have, like, a million of them, but... Oh, yeah. No, it's, uh... My dad got it for me years ago. And I think it's... Maybe Jim Lee? Uh, yeah. Uh, but it was, like... It was from when New 52 first happened. Yes, I'm yeah, sure I know exactly I'm which one you're talking about. Uh, sorry, I'm I, I had the, um... Oh, hello, yeah. Rob. I know, sorry. <laughs> it's kind of warm in um, here. Hey, I, 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 just, I know, damn. Angela is, yeah, a, is a lucky, yeah. lucky gal. Um, I, yeah. I, uh, I had okay. the, um, the okay. Superman, I think, that Jim Lee designed, and that one's really cool. I picked this up uh, yesterday. Superman. Black was Black the stuffed Superman. figure also part of the deal? No. No, that's that was actually something my uh, great grandmother knitted when I was like oh. three. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm so glad she, she... I didn't say disappointingly not. Oh, I, I was gonna say she does not work <laughs> at uh, she does not work at McFarland Toys. No. no. <laughs> oh man, come to think of it, I would love a McFarland toy for Gigi Bear. That'd be amazing. <laughs> Submit that design. Oh yeah. Uh, there he is. All the. You do bear versus spawn. Yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd buy, oh man. <laughs>